Hello, everybody. It's Phil from Cleveland Moto. This is just a warning to everyone that this podcast runs almost three hours long, so don't feel like you need to absorb it all in just one sitting. That much Cleveland Moto could be unhealthy to anyone. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Alright, he took a scooge in the mouth. Uh, this is the Cleveland Moto Podcast. Uh, we're going to start with a scooge. Is anybody... Oh, I hear the air compressor. Boom, oh, boom, boom. No. Somebody didn't do their job. Uh-oh, we got to shut off the air compressor. We can't have that thing kicking on like every 10 minutes. Alright, this evening we have your humble narrator, <laughs> Phil Waters, going off to shut off the air compressor. Uh, and to his, his right... Air what now? Air compressor. Oh, you can hear the door opening. Did you hear the door opening? And to his right. To his left, we have Johnny Mac. Hey, and to my left, we have Dan Cronkey. So Dan brought some very interesting stuff tonight. We have a delicious assortment of meats and cheeses and olives. But most importantly, a very fantastic Samuel Adams triple Bach beer. That is for being the smallest bottle of beer that's ever been opened at this podcast. It is by far the most flavorful. Yes, there was so, a lot of power in that bottle. All right, I'll Dan, try it. Dan, can you here? Just take, <laughs> a, take, a, take a rip on that. All right. I'll, um, if you don't like it, then you don't have to go deeper into the well. That's kind of a molassesy. <laughs> Yes, you're not wrong about it. Yeah. And Dan himself even mentioned that some of this Ooh. beer comes out tasting a little bit like, and certainly looking like, soy sauce. Soy sauce. So, Dan, what is this exactly? Uh, it's a 1994 Sam Adams Triple Bach. Damn. I think this was only made for about four years. Uh-huh. Not available in Ohio when it was made. Clearly. Um, it pairs well with the Natter Days. <laughs> nothing, well. nothing pairs well with Natter Days. Um, Natter Days, the beer to have when you're having 26 beers. The uh, This is, this Sam Adams Triple Bock, this is what's crazy about it is, it comes in a cobalt blue bottle, but the beverage, or the liquid inside, stained the fucking cobalt blue bottle. Yeah. Like, it literally... Tarred it. Tarred it, yeah. It, it, it looks kind of looks kind of like... And you're going to get retarded. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The, uh, well, I was that it looks kind of like dry blood. It does look like dry blood, and it's, it's so, like, this is beer jerky. Yeah. 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 It's like... That's an interesting way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Beer, you know, super concentrated. Super concentrated. Yeah. A couple yeah. of drops of that and some water, and you'd have normal beer. You'd have normal beer. Exactly. Yeah, because we have that coffee in the back where you add water to it. You yep. know, like, the coffee is, you know, this cold brew, whatever, and you, you know, it's just, it's a coffee kit. So that's good. Well, that was super nice of you to bring all this stuff out for us, Dan. This is, like, all I brought was Sour Patch Kids and cashews. I always feel, like, really really guilty because um, you bring, like, such great booze, and I just Mm -hmm. don't appreciate any of it. So I I try to not take as much. Oh, well, we have bad booze in the back, too. Yeah, but, you know, if you rub your nose in it long enough, maybe you will learn to appreciate it. So that's true. Just keep up. That is true. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's no. a that's a real thing. You'll be ghost your whole life. Pass me those uh, as long as you pass want. Pass me those sour patch kits, please. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, Stay in your lane, son. That's Stay a, in your lane. That's like Costco bag of sour patch. It is. That is uh, that is uh, officially nearly two pounds of sour patch kits. 
uh, controversial opinion, I think the watermelon slices are the, like, oh, nutrition really? tier Sour Patch. Yeah. Okay. Um, These I, are good. It was either this or the bag, what's this? It was this or the this bag is... of only red Swedish fish. Ooh, I love this. Yeah, but I like the I whole mix-up of all yeah. the different Swedish fish. The mashup. Yeah, the mashup. Oh, we're going to be talking about mash. Interesting. Glad you brought that up. Monster mash. Oh, check that out. The freshness seal cap. Use bottle opener as opposed to what your teeth, but it does. It is marked 2008 on it. So the freshness seal is from 2008. Bigfoot barley wine. Bigfoot barley wine. And it helped. And it held the carbonation too. It held the carbonation for 11 years. Well, that's no small. F hey, that's no small feat. <laughs> it's okay. Bigfoot. Somebody kill me. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to hold that against you later. You should. I think that's probably fair. Uh, uh, it's yeah, like yeah. boobs. You can hold them against me all you want. <laughs> if it's all you had a beautiful I'm going to go ahead and translate this website to English, and it didn't do it. This right. one aged well. Mash Dirt Track 650. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Do you ever like go to a website and like you translate it? From English, or uh, you take like a paragraph of text and you translate it from English to Mandarin and then back into regular. And it's uh, every owner's manual in the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Daniel, I gotta have this. Requires commentary. This shit's amazing. This is amazing. This tastes like Bigfoot. It tastes like something special. It it doesn't taste like oh you're having a beer. No, this and for eleven years old. If you told me an eleven-year-old beer, I'm not sure we should be doing this in this direction oh. because there's so much oxidation in the Sam Adams. That yeah, the Bigfoot, you're probably not going to notice it if it's there. Oh, really? I don't know that it is. It does taste really good. It tastes really good. It tastes tasty, is what it tastes. This is more along the lines of the barley wine that I just had it distilled. I could accidentally drink this mm. too much. Mm. Whereas the triple bock, there's no chance in the world of me drinking too much of it. Negative. In fact, I might want to just drizzle it on a steak or what somebody else was saying, oh. ice cream. Negative. Yeah, let me Rampart. catch a sniff. Yeah. Let me catch so a I think sniff this tastes better than snort. It. Take a snort. Yeah. Dogfish one. Out. That's interesting. How would that pair with meat? I would, I would agree with that. Meat. could just be that I'm hungry, but everything would pair meat. With really good meat. And I don't know really what to compare it to. It does. It tastes like. But that's like to me, if you're. It does, right? Like yeah, it, it's a boozier nose, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I like that it. one a lot. It's great. It's fantastic. Awesome. It's fantastic. It's great. It's super cool. Uh, I live it. I love it. I smoke it. I, I like oh. it. I love it. I want more of it. Make it hurt. It'll start to make it hurt. Ooh, ah. Oh. Mm, mm, the, uh, mm. So, yeah, one of the things we're going to talk about, uh, in addition to the, the Bigfoot, Again, who was the manufacturer on this one? Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada Bigfoot from 2008. Um, we're going to talk about MASH because we've been enjoying the MASH motorcycles here in the United States under the headline of Genuine uh, Motorcycle Company. And MASH has got a new product. And the question is, from people that matter, should we bring this to America? And uh, my initial response is, yeah. It looks um, like uh, it looks like someone took a uh, a Harley 883R Sportster, yep, and made it a flat tracker, mm -hmm. and then they put a parallel twin in mm -hmm. instead of a V twin. Yeah, and uh, I'm about it. It really, really like, looks good. Tell I me mean, that doesn't look like a sexier Sportster. It does. 
It does. And it's like, as like, a tracker, like the oil tank. Okay, the... That, okay, I'm going to rewind the tape. That does not look like a Sportster. I, I, it is not no, a V-twin. It is parallel. That looks like any number of homemade CB350-esque street trackers. You got it. So that's more of a Honda. I know your reference, your baseline is Harley Davidson. No, I just mean like but the Honda Whisper is going to step in <laughs> and stick his dick in your Harley Davidson and say, no, that's more of a Honda-esque type bike. Well, and one of the reasons that it's real easy, it's uh, one of the real reasons that it's real, real, real easy to, to say, you know, how much of a Honda-esque bike it is, is... Uh, when you look at uh, when you look at a bike that is the Honda, so you know, look at that. Thing, look at the know. striping on the tank, for instance. Exactly right. Okay, and we have a solid. We have one color of tank with a, right. a solid center and with that's, a pinstripe around. Now this is actually the real RS six hundred flat tracker. Now this isn't a replica or anything else. This is the Honda. Uh, this is an actual RS six hundred real competition used flat tracker. It's not a flat track tribute. It's an actual real flat tracker. Does that look like a Sportster Cameron? No, no, it doesn't. It clearly doesn't look like a Sportster. No, that one but look all like the flat trackers do have a certain flavor, yeah, like especially when you look at this still. picture. Everything so, looks like the Sportster to a Sportster owner. Well, and everything looks I mean, like a flat tracker when you put that front tire on it. Yeah, when you put that front tire on yeah. and you take the fender off and, that and you stands. put a number plate on the front, then yeah. it's going to look you like a flat tracker. So it's more than just, you know, in this case, it's more than just the XR chassis. But I find very interesting the American fuck yeah logos on it. Well, it's American. Honda Racing has always been. No, not on this one, on the MASH. Oh, the MASH. has the American flags all over it. Oh, it does. You're right. Let me pull that picture up again for our podcast listeners. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you're right. <laughs> <Pulling that away>. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute. It's okay. Took me a minute. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it does have an American flag on the, uh, on the windscreen or what's left of the windscreen. And it does have an American flag on the side panel. They now, I would assume that when Genuine would do something with this, they wouldn't bring it in with the American flags on it. If anyone would like to refinish, refill their uh, Bigfoot barley line, line, that's a good time to do so. We'll pass it down to Daniel, the keep, keeper of barley wine. The keeper of barley wine. How do you, how do you feel our... about the non-inverted front forks? Well, you know, that's one of those things that... They look inverted. It is inverted. Oh, they are. That's inverted. Yeah, that's, that's a USD, baby. That's... Up and the side and the down. Now, what if you wanted that bike, but let's say you wanted that bike, but you didn't necessarily want it in that black and America livery. What if you wanted to have that bike in, say, something that was a little more, uh, I don't know. I'd like yellow and white. I see yellow one in the background. Yeah, I wonder and if Instead we of get number a, six, I'd like the number four. What if we gave you something that looked more like this? Oh, Oh, so that's, I think that what we call that the Yamaha flavor. I was going to say that's yeah. like, yeah, very that's much like a Yamaha TT500. So, or like yeah. 80s Suzuki. It sure does, doesn't flavor. it? That was yellow and blue. Right and down to the gold rims, dude. Yeah. Right down. That is a Yamaha right down to the gold spoke rims. So if something like this came in, I think I'd be pretty, pretty jazzed about it. Uh, there's a lot to like in this picture is it too soon to, to talk about retail like pricing that, and stuff like that or are we gonna wait no we're not it's 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 totally at this point it's not even it's being talked about okay. this is what we're doing right now um we're talking about it but we're talking about it with a sense of purpose because you know we've talked about some other things in the podcast that have actually come true mm -hmm. right and we kind of got credit for talking about them 
long before they were. So the mashes are made. This, this is not on the. This is not an SSR bike. This no, is a genuine. No. This we're is talking a genuine. about genuine. We're talking about um, Shine Ray. Okay. Yep. We're talking about. So I'm sorry. Yeah, that one. The there's uh. Those are not inverted forks, are they? Mm. And no, because this motorcycle is a 80s motorcycle. Okay. Um, when this picture Honda. was taken of this uh, Honda RS600, uh, inverted forks, as far as I could tell, weren't even built yet. They, they didn't probably didn't exist yet. I was just using this as a great example of when Honda did a single uh, flat tracker. Gotcha. Uh, that's I, I'd what like to say that that is a great example. It is. I think that when you talk about a Honda flat tracker, I think the RS600 is kind of... The one that comes to me to mind, it's the one that I remember uh, from you know my youth, kind of running around based on a you know the XR six hundred. That's not a twin. No, it's an XR six hundred. So it's a. It yeah. looks like a twin because it has dual pipes. But it has the dual in exhaust, fact, right? An RFVC motor, yep. where it has radio four valves. Yep. And so there's one exhaust pipe so for each of the two exhaust ports. Absolutely. How's everyone doing? Doing great. Oh. Uh, Kevin, grab yourself a chair out of the uh, kitchen. Alrighty, or grab a metal chair out of Renee's office. Ooh, uh, there's a if you feel like you're going to exceed the weight capacity, get one of the tall chairs, <laughs> not one of the short. You know, I'm used to that there. type of comment, but I don't really think that was suck. fair for Kevin. That's not fair for Kevin. Yeah, I mean, he didn't earn that. He didn't work hard to earn that comment. The uh, so looking at the idea of a flat tracker. Now remember, one of our biggest gripes about the genuine was we talked about it what three four years ago, and then it took three or four years for it to get here. And maybe by the time it got here, it was no longer as relevant, or it didn't have the impact that it would have had it arrived back in 2015 or whatever. And we're talking about the G400. The G400C, exactly. I mean, I think it's a really nice little bike. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have many problems with it. No, I don't. I don't know why it's not taken off like wildfire. Uh, you would almost think like people who are big fans of like an XR400 or something yep. like that, Honda Absolutely. guys, would be like. Really, this is my opportunity to buy right. a brand new out of the box XR400 oh, motor in a street bike yeah. frame with a yeah. title that I can ride every day back and forth to work, or or maybe a GB500 fan <coughs> that right? might want to buy that and stick an MGO Viper fairing on it. And I mean, yeah, you know, play GB racer, right? Uh, I know it's a very dying and very small breed, but mm. like ice racers and stuff really like the XR400. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. Like somebody who wants to do like a little bit of that. Well, a, a, a four or five hundred cc middleweight single has always been a fun bike to have around. Yeah, and it's it's very hard to get into a position with like that kind of a bike where you're like, oh yeah, that's horrible, or I don't like it, or whatever. Um, when I take a look at the Mash 650, and this particular one has the twin exhausts, so this has the dual exhausts that come out um, behind the number plate on the right hand side. It's pretty sexy. Well, uh, that would be fantastic wow. if they put the, the 400 motor in that chassis. Yeah, well, that's a six-fitting. Well, yeah, I get yeah. it, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, the 400 motor in that chassis with a little bit more off-road capable, you yeah. know, like, that would be a fraction of the cost of any 450, you know. And do we see what's happening just in front of it there? With the yellow bike with the number four inside? A scramble. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that is stealing some moves over there. From our friends on Team Ducati, hard. Uh, Scrambler well, the hard. Bike that we're looking hard. at right now. That's the uh, the Scrambler Try Desert it. Sled. Right. Well, unfortunately, the bike that we're looking at right now is actually a Mash 650. So that looks very nice. It nice does look wheels. really nice. And yeah, you know, I I gotta give that credit for there's something going on over at Mash, and 
these bikes that are in the Paris uh, motorcycle show here, um, these are really good looking 650cc four belt singles. What's this guy over here to the, the left chrome with, the, one? with yeah. the chrome tank? Yeah, the chrome tank, yeah, I think that's going to be what you call your classic cafe racer. Oh, yeah. So I have a they even have the red scrambler tanks. icon. <laughs> like they have done the entire scrambler lineup. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think they've completely Colors and all. gone after that. Now the bike on the far left has a sidecar rig. You can see oh, that. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of those things that when we talk to the people at Genuine, we stre we stressed, hey, it'd be, a lot of people here would really love to have a sidecar rig um, without having to resort to an Ural. Oh yeah. And well, I might have mine sold tomorrow. Oh, really? You're gonna sell your Ural? No, my second one. Oh, the white one. Your no, spare. Oh, the spare. The spare one. The one that is just a bike, without a sidecar. No, it's not a sidecar. Oh, it does. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So you can buy two to keep one running. Oh, <laughs> no, the one had a, had a 750 in it. Correct. Right. But the one I got from you yeah. is the one I want to keep. Because mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I don't know. I think the 650 was better. It, it's. I mean, they say the 750 is better, but you know, in my opinion it's not as rattly. I have never logged enough miles more? on an Ural. I've never logged enough miles on three Urals in a row that were even enough to be able to compare them and say like this one versus this one versus this one. Each one of them was clearly obviously hand built and I don't mean that in a good way. <laughs> right? And it, it is like riding in like we gave John four days in a junkyard, and this is what he built. We gave Dan four days in a junkyard, and this is what he built. This is, we gave you four days in a junkyard, and this is what you built. And I'm going to drive all three of them. And I'm going to have to tell you which one of them feels more like a real car. Um, Urals, everyone I've ridden has been wildly different. Inconsistency runs amok in the Ural world. Yeah, there's, it's a tough thing to really be into them because they are, they're so different. Yeah, the bikes themselves are so different. Well, I hope it sells. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah don't, wait a couple days before you throw this one up. <laughs> Just in case. Just no, in I'm case. not saying that it's bad. And I told the guy, you know, have you ever ridden a sidecar? Or right. a bike with a sidecar? And he's like, I drove a semi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, what you're yeah. saying, and don't be a John McElbride. What you say is, oh. That qualifies you 100%. That's totally the same thing. <laughs> because I don't know how many people I've talked out of buying my stuff, and my wife gets pissed at me. Mm -hmm. She's like, just stop talking. Right. No, but I don't right. want I don't want the guy to like come back on me for not disclosing everything. So I disclose everything. Mm -hmm. And so if he and he still wants to come after even after having that conversation. I know you try to talk him out of it, but they yep. still keep coming back. Yeah, and that and there's a lot to be said for that. Maybe when you're dealing with a potential buyer who wants to tell you that he's okay with that because he drives an 18-wheeler. Well, you don't want to get a phone call, you know, the next day. What the fuck kind of thing did right. you sell me? Right. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he was saying he wanted something reliable, and I'm like... Wait, <laughs> so this was his first choice? I was like, oh, yeah. I have a motorcycle now, and I want to get a three-wheeler because I can haul more stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, really? you can haul more stuff, but he's like, I want a really something really reliable. And I'm okay. like... Yeah. Well, you're not looking at this bike as, I mean, if you're looking at this bike for reliability, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be looking research. at this bike for you're reliability. Insane. You're insane. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's like, you know what, I, I think I want it anyway. He'll talk himself I'm like, well, that's fine. If you want it anyway, I'm, I mean, I'm so, just giving yeah. you the warning. I didn't, I didn't say it was reliable. Bottom, yeah. It's like a silver triangle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The skid plate goes across the whole side. 
and it just happens to have silver embellishers on the left and right hand side. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now here's the question, now that we've all got to have a little sample of what a MASH 650 looks like. How many have you ordered? Well, they're not available for that yet, and I wish they were. Um, okay. But they're not, uh, they're just not there yet. Um, I, I really wish that they were. So the alternative to that, because this isn't, this is an, this is not an and, this is an or. So you can have an or, and the, con the, the competitor for the or is not the Great Wall of China. It is the, dun dun dun, the MASH 250. So here's the question. Here's the question. When you're looking at bringing a bike into America and you already have a 400, do you go smaller, 250, or do you go bigger, 650? Bigger. America, bigger. Bigger. Right. I think we all agree, right? It's not even that we need it, it's because we think we need it. Our learner bike starts at 600 cc's. And my argument when I spoke to the folks um, that were involved is people who are buying a 250 are not buying a brand new 250. Mm -mm. Most people who are buying a 250 are buying a used GZ250 or a used Rebel or a used Nighthawk or a used whatever, mm -hmm. but they're not normally buying a 250 brand new. In anticipation mm -hmm. of selling it again, right? Yeah. Well, the only yeah, thing I could true. say about that is there are like small bike nerds like well everyone uh, at this table. Yep. But it's it point if anyone at this table bought a brand new 250. Well, and we're all small bike nerds. I mean, Mr. I met you when you were riding a BW200 yep. at Trailway. Trailway. Yeah, TW. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> They're selling right. some CBR250s. They are selling some stuff. It depends on how much they cost. That's a good point, too. Yeah. I know people that are looking at the uh, Suzuki. G the, like the, the, it's There's not a Jixxer 250, but their 250cc sport mm -hmm. bike. Yeah. Better looking at them because they're really cheap right now, brand yep. new. But. Yeah, I mean, plenty of people bought Ninja 250s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you but they were a fantastic bike for the amount of money that you paid well, for. Well, and how about this? Imagine you're coming into the market and you have to compete. You want to open up a pizza shop when everybody else is selling pizza? Are you going to compete against the 2019 Honda CBR 300R, which only costs? And this is painful how cheap this bike is less than 3500 no it's 4699 okay oh. right but the problem bike. is any 250 in the world that you go to the trouble of bringing in and epaing it and doting it and whatever the fuck you're going to do to it i'd like to remind everybody in this room that 4699 is cheaper than a vespa 150 I'd also like to remind everybody that yeah. they're not selling 250s anymore. They're all selling 300s. And 400s. So you're going to be 50 cc short of oh, yeah. already, every already to start with. Yeah. Every magazine comparison is going to say, well, it's cool, but... And it's already starting out with one hand tied behind its back because it's not a CBR. And that, when you think about hitting the market with a brand new motorcycle with a warranty for $46.99, uh, that's, that's freaking tough, dude. A fuel-injected bike, by the way, with ABS. So, well, I was assuming that the the mashes were fuel-injected. It it would it be. better be. Yeah, it better. Let's say, uh, let's stick with that statement. It better be. I feel like with like the six hundreds, mm -hmm. you're going to be dealing with runoff from Ducati people. You know, yep. Ducati scrambler people. That Boy, either you're not kidding. It's not in stock, or yep. I can't afford it, or I don't feel good about spending that much money on a bike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like, six hundred is definitely a way to go. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I Because it so. won't be fast enough to be like scary for noobs, and mm-hmm. it also will be entertaining enough for the rest of the world. Yeah, you can grow. You can grow into it. So it's going to take you years to get bored with that. Body. More so than the two fifty. Right. Two fifty, yeah. you get used to what? And weekends and your a Ducati Scrambler sixty two is a four hundred cc bike. Okay. Sure. And it's a four hundred cc bike. But the main problem with this particular 400cc bike is right over here at the price tag. Because it's eight thousand bucks. It's what, like four or five hundred bucks cheaper than the 800cc? Right. Yeah. And it has the best looking tank. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one that gets bought for the girlfriend. Well, you know, uh, this is you the big. Like there's there's places you know <laughs> the there's places in the world where that makes sense. Where there's like you know graduated licensing, the United States is not one of those places. Right. And it really is tough with this particular motorcycle when you're looking at a Ducati Scrambler 62. That this is a 400 cc bike, but it's going to cost you eight thousand dollars to own it. It's five hundred yeah. bucks less than the yeah. 800 cc and mm-hmm. has the same valve adjustment yeah. schedule. It's the same maintenance it's, schedule. Yeah, it's all the where's same. Where's the red line on that? That's what I want to know. You know what? Probably not as high as you want it to be, and because I do be have a... to remind you that this is built not in Italy. The engine is. I don't know if it is. They, that's what they claim. Okay. It needs to be ten grand at least. Okay. Yeah, I mean... At 400 cc's, I want to be able to scream the fuck you out. You better have to, right? Yeah, you better have the to. Original well, ninjas were like 14,000 RPM, and those were great. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that it's maximum power. 250 ninja? It's maximum power, which is 40 horsepowers, comes at 8,700 RPMs. That's it? Okay. So there you have it. You're it's right maximum up there with torque, the, which is you you're, know, you're right up there with a CX five hundred. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Yep, you're right there with a forty year old motorcycle. That's a that's <laughs> stand back, world. I'm coming at you hard and fast with forty year old motorcycle power figures. Is but, the bigger question still is the market even going to be ready to have people buy new bikes? I mean, by the way, I'm sorry, poorly worded. Yeah. People aren't even buying new bikes. Period. So it's, it doesn't matter what challenging market. Yeah, you put it at. Yeah. It oh, hits yeah. fuel cut at 9,000 RPM regardless. So fuel cuts at 9,000 RPM. Whether nine it's the, the yeah. 400 or the 800. Okay. So I just don't see any new bike as exciting as it is doing well. Right. And that's and this is a Sorry, big thing that we have, to have, we have to have a, conver- a conversation with people who want to bring bikes into America. And the thing that all these people that want to bring bikes, bikes into America all say is, what's going to sell? Because... It's not that they don't want to bring bikes into America. They totally fucking do. The problem is, what, are, what aren't our customers going to buy, or what are they actually going to come off their wallet for? Well, let's bring it down to the Harley-Davidson level. Uh-oh. So what bike does that... I thought we were going to manage to be able to have a podcast about talking about those guys. Well, we'll take another uh, drink. I mean, <laughs> thank you. And that's just where it always ends up. So yeah. I, 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 I'm going to cut to the chase. Yeah. What Harley-Davidson does that compete with? Their Street 500? Yeah, and that, boy, that's you don't ever want to have to... Like, that's unsellable. That's unsellable. Right? Yeah. It's unsellable. It, it's unsellable. It's for the same problem the 62 has, where it's right. when you look at the the street that you'd actually want to buy. Well, okay, so Harley discontinued the uh, Super Low. I'd actually put the Street low, 750 up. Sportster. Yeah. But when the streets first came, like when the streets uh, came out, I think the Street 750 was in like a, within $1,000, if I remember right, less than $1,000 away from buying a Sportster, which is quote-unquote a real Harley, built oh, no, in the U.S., that has, you know, the aftermarket that the Sportster has had from being made all this time, whereas at that time, you know, the, nobody knew what to think about the streets yet because they hadn't been around. They were brand new bikes. And you've been a Sportster owner. I have been a short Sportster owner, but yes. Right, exactly. You're a Sportster owner. I've been a Sportster owner. Has anybody else... 
own Sportsters or any? You have you ever had a Harley? Never. Okay. You, bike. you never had a Harley. I've never I would own a Sportster if somebody gave it to me for right. sure. What's that? I'd never go smaller. I'd never get that street helmet. No, like, the streets are pretty, that's a Honda pretty awful. Yeah, the streets it's, were pretty because awful. It's I mean, got the same. let's say that the street competes with the 250, the Street 500, yeah, <laughs> and the Street 750 right. competes with the 650. That, that's not out of the question. No, that, not at that's all. That's not out of the question at all. I mean, my, my issue I'm going to assume that it's going to beat the fuck out of them on pricing, right? I don't know what the pricing is. On what? On the streets? Yeah. No, they said that the best deal was the, the iron, one of the iron heads. Well, like that, the Iron 883. Yeah, like an Iron 883. So, again, yeah, mm-hmm. you, they, you know what? They they still have that around because the yeah. Super Low and the Iron 883 are not that far apart. It's like eight grand. And I'm willing eight to bet, I'm willing to bet you go with any bank outside of Harley Davidson, which realistically most people probably are, hmm. um, you know, to finance through. Well, whatever bank Harley right. Davidson uses, I should yeah. say. If you go in with your own financing, I'm willing to bet you'd get a better interest rate on any Sportster versus even the street rod versus any street. Well, there they are. So the street is going to cost you $75.99 to start as a base model, and then $86.99. So that's going head-to-head with the Ducati. Can you check what an Iron 883 goes for? I sure can. Less. Yeah. But you you know something else that we we got to call attention to? As well as, do you know what bike you can't buy anymore? Street 500. Gone. It's gone. Really? Yeah. Sales yeah. related or was it emissions? Well, I mean, no, it's hard. It's it's Harley Davidson not being able to sell that 500cc platform. In America. Uh, what about India? Hmm. Maybe. I'm willing to bet that the vast um, majority. We pulled the numbers up in this podcast and talked about how Harley Davidson had said that the reason they went to Indian manufacturing was so they could capture the Indian market. And as of last year, we had discovered they had sold 14 bikes in India. So you went off and you produced 5,000 or 6,000 motorcycles in India so you could capture the Indian market. You sold 14 bikes in India. Meanwhile, you were seeing streets. 14. Street 500s. In a market full of how many billion people are in India? Of course they're buying. Yeah, they're buying anything. Because if you're in India and you want to buy, like everything that I've seen of like, I got, like, really into, like, the Indian motorcycle, sure. like, uh, Indian Harley-Davidson people, because mm-hmm. it was just really fascinating how into it they were, okay. and part of the appeal was, is like, oh, yeah, check this out, this bike's made in America, so, like, the street, if I'm going to buy an Indian-made bike, I, I can't claim to be, like, as much You'd as... you buy a Royal there. Enfield. Yeah, I'd buy a Royal Enfield. That's sure. what my dad had, you know what I mean? Or right. If you're like, Indian, trying to you put myself be... in the head of, either I'm buying an American bike... Or I'm buying what my dad had. Well, this is right here, guys. So uh, take a look up on the screen. Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine ninety-nine. So let's call it eighty-nine ninety-nine, and that gets you an Iron eight eighty-three. Okay. And uh, the unfortunate is the, uh, you know, our our little Indian bike here, the the seven fifty. Uh, the seven fifty is going to set you back. Was it seventy six or something? It's going to set you back uh, if you get to, even if it's just the cheapest one, the, the cheapest version. It's like fourteen hundred bucks. Yeah, which really yeah. isn't that much money. Yeah, you're looking. You're literally looking at that tiny little price difference of seventy five ninety nine. You're you're at a fifteen hundred dollar price gap. So who's going to say for fifteen hundred dollars, give me the Indian bike? Oh yeah, and Harley uh, is doing their new thing now with I mean, sportsters. There it is. Seventy-five ninety-nine, man. I don't think they're doing this with the streets, but I know with the Sportsters, they will give you within so many years yeah, your full your money purchase back. price back on another Harley. Well, even promotions aside, yeah. let's just say the street rod, which they're clearly wanting you to buy, the street rod is eighty-six ninety-nine, and Iron eight eighty-three is eighty-nine ninety-nine. Now, 
just ego, you're going to buy the Iron 883. Yeah. Now, I've ridden the street, and the street has about two inches, three, three inches more suspension travel than the Iron 883 does. The Iron 883 was arguably one of the worst motorcycles I've ridden in my life. It's pretty rotten, because it has forward it's controls awful. and low bars, too. Though you can get mids... Yeah, and regular bars. Yes, and if you want it, but it comes the way it comes yeah. out of the box or out of the crate is forwards and low bars. Not well. I mean, they're like uh, they're like one inch rise bars, yeah. so they're right. like There's super bike bars. Or... Um, so this That's the way weird. they're doing them now is they come with the mids. Okay, so they have mids. Okay. Yeah, they come with the mids on the Iron eighty three. I just rode with one of these um, at A. Yeah, that wouldn't be so. Bad. It was pretty. This thing's pretty fucking awful. Um, it just is. And, you know, we had a super low through here, and we rode it, and it was, again, you couldn't even turn it. Um, it's too low. It couldn't corner. Oh, what about the live wire, though? Oh, <laughs> um, Let's just keep talking about uh, <laughs> Let's go back to the, the mashes. Okay. Yeah. We're just going to say at the moment, Apologies everybody fucking just fucking live wire thing. If you can get a live wire in your possession and own it with the title in your name, yeah. That might be the most valuable bike on the planet. It might, it might be the most rare at the moment. Jay Leno uh, will eventually someday want to come see you and buy that bike off you because it will be, it is immediately a collector's <laughs> item because they are going to sell zero it's, to the American it's, public. Yeah, you're right. They are going to sell zeros. Yeah, they are going to sell zeros. I'm going to go to Rock and Roll Harlem. I'm, I'm Joe Millennial. or I'm, For I'm people a, that haven't been I'm Caden Millennial. Yeah, I can't say Joe. Nobody names their kids Joe anymore. <laughs> I'm Tyler Millennial. I'm going to go see a $30,000 electric bike that's made in the U.S. And I'm going to run right up the street here and look at like a $8,000. I hope they do it you know. after they've bought their Harley. I hope that af right after they buy li their live wire. Right after. Because that's what happens. People do ready, fire, aim. Happens in here all the time. <laughs> uh, I hope that right after somebody buys their live wire, they're like, Oh, electric bikes are a thing now. And they go, I want to talk to all the people that have electric bikes. And they come into my shop, and they're sitting on their live wire, and I can say, hey, would you like to take a ride on an SRF, a Zero? And they'll say, okay. And I'm like, well, cool. Let's trade keys. I'm going to take your live wire. You're going to take the SRF, and we're going to go on the same 30 or 40-minute ride that we give everybody. We're going to take them out for a blast and let them have a good time. Because I honestly believe that that is the only way I'm going to get a chance to ride the fucking live wire. <laughs> and I have signed up for every demo ride, every demo event. I'm a goddamn shareholder in the motherfucking company. I'm and sure. I've gone into the dealerships and said... Sorry to hear that. <laughs> I've gone into the dealerships and said, guess what? My name is Joe Harley Davidson Stock Owner. I really want to ride a bike that you're about to sell me for $31,000. I'm a fish on a hook, Mr. Dealer Man. All you have to do is put the bike in front of me, and I'll buy it as long as I get to ride it. And do you know what I haven't been able to do yet? Ride a live wire. You got it. You know all my friends that Super are good. journalists that have ridden live wires? Mm -hmm. None of them are motorcycle people. Yeah. Unless I'm missing anything. Wonder. It's almost like they don't want motorcycle it's people really at this stage. Right. It's like when they know... I hate to, I hate to do this. I don't want to... Like... Exclude myself from future things for saying things that are controversial. God it's like, forbid you should have an opinion. It's like when there's a, uh, a movie, you know, my, my view of it right now is that when there's a movie and they don't do uh, screenings for critics ahead of time. Right. Because, yeah. like, you know, they know it's not going to be that many steps above straight I feel DVD. as though I've been, I feel like I've been singled out and I've been specifically, somebody somewhere is making sure that I don't ride that bike. Been quite possibly. You know what changes people's opinion? Hmm. Not reason. 
No. Not logic. Mm-hmm. Not talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Regret. 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 That is the only thing that changes right. your opinion. Yeah. That you had an opinion. Right. You thought it was the right opinion. Mm-hmm. You later found out that it was utterly fucking wrong. Right. That then changes your opinion. Right. Either right. your own personal regret or you find out that somebody mm-hmm. who had your same opinion right. learned to regret it. That is the only thing that changes anybody's opinion. I agree. See, I and I don't agree. Mm-hmm. I think if somebody that you respect, you know, has an opinion different than, di- differently than you, yeah. that you respect for that person actually can change your opinion because, you know, you you know you're you can be swayed. Yeah, you can, yeah. you can be swayed because if you have an open mind, you yeah. know, why wouldn't you? consider the the uh, ideas of somebody who's respected in your life. So you, you can have an epiphany. Sure. You can say, oh, you know what? Harley-Davidson's really aren't such bad bikes. I've ridden a Harley-Davidson and I love it. Right. So I've changed my opinion on Harley-Davidson. Well, that can happen, but most and often... guys can still ride. Most often, <laughs> most often, it's regret. Like, I yeah. definitely am comfortable with being the guy that's like, well, you know... I know one guy, he doesn't suck completely. <laughs> I, he showers. Oh, man. Yeah. I like Scott Daniels. Have like you heard of the Suron? The Suron White Ghost. Uh oh. That's got yeah, a Chinese made electric motorcycle. And now, anybody who did go to the AIM Expo a few weeks ago in Columbus will be able to tell you that it was the most electric vehicles I'd seen in one place in my entire goddamn life. I mean, they were there was every flavor of electric bike and bicycle and everything else. Um, people who aren't uh, looking at us through a video input right now, I'm wearing a full Amish gear because I'm doing an Amish costume at Theater Bazaar this weekend, and I took some pictures on an electric motorcycle to be, like, fun on an electric motorcycle with the Amish. Um, but Satan's... Wires are coming out of you. you oh can't, you well, can't have hold electric on, anything. folks. Because Don't you need to shave the mustache. I am. I'm going to shave the mustache for tomorrow. Just so I'll full neck beard. Neck beard. Every yeah. other time I log on the social media, I'm like, I think Jebediah's got the right idea. Okay, well, look up at our screen, and we're going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the Amish are frustrating drivers in Kentucky because there's been a new ruling in the church. Uh, while motorists have long been frustrated by horse-drawn carriages on the roadways, now the community is taking to bikes as well. Apparently this year I've heard the bishops have authorized the use of bicycles. Okay, and why this is important is I was joking about... Are they allowed to use, like, uh, sponsored spandex? Um, So, go ahead, John. Well, I've been camping. You know, I do the RV thing. Yes, you do. And out at Punderson and and, or out at Pima Tuning, a lot of Amish people show up. And they show up on bicycles... Right. That do not have pedals. So the old rule in the Pennsylvania Dutch world was that you could have bicycles, but they weren't allowed to have chains and gears and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So because that's where the evil lives. Well, yeah, because companies did manufacture these basically oversized scooters, yep. push scooters, and that's what they use. And they have big, giant, twenty-six inch wheels with yep. a metal chromoly frame. Oh, those are like giant right. balance bikes. You push them, they're big, giant balance bikes, right? But there's no seat. You just kind of stand on. You them. kick off, right? You kick off, kick off, motherfucker, kick walk. off. Well, now that the now that the bishop has said that you're allowed to have pedal bikes, okay, so pedal bikes are now no longer tools of the devil. This guy, this guy, it's making titanium. This guy <laughs> has opened a company in Holmes County. Now Holmes County is the Amish 
Millersburg, Ohio. That's epicenter. where epicenter. It's the epicenter of Amish. Um, whether you're I Harrison to say Ford, Amish, and, but that's fine. Amish if you want to. Um, whether you're Harrison Ford and Witness or whatnot, <laughs> but they are selling a metric shit ton of electric bicycles to the Amish. Electric bicycles? Yeah, and the, and the dude's last name is Mullet too, which is really funny. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're selling electric bicycles to the Amish, and the Amish are just going bonkers in Amish, uh, uh, in electric bikes. So, school. How does that even... Roast. What are we drinking, Daniel? The 2009 Bigfoot. Okay, Bowling. so we went from the 2008 Bigfoot. I'm surprised you can keep a bottle around for 11 years. And now we've gone to the 2009 10-year-old. The I trick think. is to have so much other beer in the house oh. that you're not tempted to drink it. Okay. <laughs> All right. That must be the secret because this does taste good too. But anything would after I've been consuming. You know, the, the eighth beer always tastes better than the first one. I love these garlic After stuff that Sam polished. Adams triple yeah. black. Yeah, everything everything tastes, tastes good. Great. Yeah, that Sam Adams triple black, by the way, if anybody wants to try that, that is Sam Adams triple black circa what year? 1994, I think. 1994. Soy sauce? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly Kevin walks in cold and nails the, nails the, uh, the comparison. Mm -hmm. Wow. He drinks Schlievowitz. So, I mean, hey, if you can drink oh, Schlievowitz. like a thick liqueur kind of thing yeah, going on. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. I've had some good Schlievowitz, too. Yeah. There. I had a stuff. few bottles of good Slivovitz, but because I never touched it, I gave it to a Serbian friend of mine. Oh, well, there you go. A friend. Sharing is caring. <laughs> Sharing is caring, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, to go back to kind of what we were talking about, the electric, uh, Amish electric, there we have it. But so how is that allowed? I thought it's just a thing. If the bishop says it's on, it's on, dude. You can't challenge the bishop. I mean, that's... Yeah. Like saying motorcycle. Okay, we all know. Oh, look, my, oh, look, my garage was built by the fucking Amish. They showed up in a Yoder Toter E350 15 pack, <laughs> right? 15. They got out and they had a trailer on the back that had more fucking Milwaukee in it than you'd ever seen. The power pack. They had $9,000 worth of Milwaukee, like 24 volt rechargeables. Sure. And the air compressor they, with the uh, internal oh, yeah. combustion motor. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, yeah. They showed up in my backyard and they built me a garage. Not a not a garage. You all seen it. It's a six car garage. Tajma garage. garage. Uh, yeah, the garage Mahal. And they it's built it in one day. And day. And day. With the right? electric tools. With all kinds of electric so tools. So the bishop knows which side his bread is buttered. Yes. On. Well clearly. It, it all depends too. I mean there are Amish and then there are the Mennonites and there are some differences right. and depends on there who are, you're dealing absolutely. with. I'm and there, careful and about there are laws on electricity yeah. and stuff like that. The hardcores, the real ones, they don't want any, they don't want to be any electricity and anything like that. Mennonites are fine as long as your wires aren't connecting other houses. They feel that evil can be transferred through those wires from one household to the next. Uh, and and they got, they have a little outhouse looking thing outside that has a cell phone, that has a phone in it that they can then go out of their house and use the phone in the little house. There's, just a, lot, there's a lot of crazy stuff with that. I, I think there might be something to it though. Because when you think about like risk versus reward. Like, anything that's, like, too easy mm -hmm. kind of ceases to be. I have a great deal of respect for the Amish. Just, yeah. uh, you know, you think they're weird, you think they're, but I also think, like, they might not have it all wrong. Whenever shit goes all to fucking hell, right? you're going to look at the Amish and be like, yeah, he had a point there. So, if you guys would like to hear, uh, as, as a child, we used to go to farm sales all the time. We used to buy our beef and we used to buy our stuff we used to buy a lot from the Amish 
and uh, Burton, Ohio, and Millersburg was a part, a big part of the time that I spent as a kid growing up. And we, the universal statement of fact in our house was the difference between the Amish and the Mennonites is Amish have buggies, and Mennonites have station wagons with brown painted bumpers. Because the station wagon, flashy. with yes, the station wagon with a brown painted bumper is exactly the level of it's getting the job done but it's not bragging it's not being you know so in the mennonite community it was completely there were more suburbans when i was a kid you would see suburbans everywhere but they were all like flat subdued very very not exciting suburban rated number one on the shit hits the fan vehicle. Oh, really? Rated number one. Wow. Um, you guys looked up to the screen real quick. Oh. Um, Armbrister Stageway is the name of the company. Um, that when I was a kid, I saw one of these dragging a bunch of Mennonite people around. And uh, yeah, this is a eight door, an eight door suburban. Station like those giant uh, Checker Airport yeah, station airport, wagons. Yeah, Checker Airport. Exactly, a marathon airport. Same deal, same concept, but yeah, a, a true suburban, you know, that from the real idea yeah. of a travel law. But so all of our podcast listeners, it's an eight-door, circa 1977-78, um, custom coach built, armbruster stageway suburban, and that was like the thing about the Mennonites. The Mennonites, big families, but again, you could have a car. Having a car wasn't out of the question. The Amish, you'll notice there are no zippers on my pants. And in fact, there's four buttons and no flop. You went all out. Yeah, we, uh, for this costume, I have purchased, um, my friend and I have purchased Amish clothing from a person who makes Amish clothing. Oh. Right. My hat, if you go look at the hat, the hat is from uh, Yoder, and I, I'm not joking this, this, cat, this hat is from Yoder Department Store in Shipshawana, Indiana. If you don't get any, you know, you can't get more authentic than that. I buttons were out. Is that some? Is that somebody else? This is buttons, dude. All these pants, these pants are all buttons. So this is these are so as Amish as they get. Yeah. Are you wearing a? Do you have a diaper underneath with? I no, I with do safety not. pins. No, I do not. I am I am wearing the uh, modern English uh, <laughs> underwear. And I yeah. I commented earlier how nice it made your package look. Yeah, there's this is a this is like a cheap hotel, no ballroom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just absolutely. Uh, yeah, these pants leave nothing to the fucking imagination, and they might be triple knit. I don't know what the material is. It looks very sturdy. Oh, it's sturdy as fuck. Have a good until you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Years. I'm pretty sure you can do anything you want in these pants. Now tell us about. I don't want to throw you under the bus here. Go ahead. Or under the. Uh, I'm not wearing the authentic. Here, uh, but uh, tell under us the about buggy? the Adidas. I, I didn't come it. into work today. I did not come into work today. Thinking I was going to be wearing Amish garb all day. I came into work just thinking I was going to be having a regular work day, so I'm wearing my Adidas. But um, halfway through the work day, Colleen <laughs> showed up Adidas. with uh, yonder Adidas. Uh, the Halfway through the work day, Colleen showed up with our costumes. And since I'm going to be wearing this tomorrow for about you know 11 hours, I wanted to make sure that we knocked all the wrinkles out of the shirt and everything else and whatever. So, Smart idea. Yeah. And Can I dress sure up as a cow with an extra udder? With a bonus udder? That's a bonus teat. Yeah. Okay, so guys, we are going to talk about... What do we have here? S oh, SSR. SR. Um, Mr. Pros or Ice Bears. When we were at... Yeah, we're not going to... Yeah, we're not going to... So, 
I've been kind of looking around and seeing if there's something I'd like to add to my shop to make things a little more interesting getting into the Christmas season. We dabble. You're dabbling. Can, can you scroll we down just do a dabble. little tiny bit? I sure can. I think my bike is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the SR125, that's mine. Are, are you sure you don't want the SR125 Semi? No. Or Semi? Which one do you have? There's several versions of the 125. I yep. want the uh, I want the one the one with the regular transmission because there's the semi-auto one, right. there's the clutchless one, exactly, and then yep. there's the one that has no clutch and no shifter, so, and then there's the one that's got a regular. And what we're talking about here are little 125 cc fit bikes. They are C, they are effectively CRF 50s plus yep. one inch. Yep, okay. um, makes all the difference. One inch is all it takes to make a difference. The uh, so yeah, they're really cool and. The fun thing about these is we're not saying this is going to be a daily rider. This is purely a play bike. This is just a dick around on. That is true legal? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. These are toys. There's Every no, single thing on no this page is a toy. No, hold on. We're going to get other pages. Okay, okay. Okay. But right now they have an electric you can own for about 700 bucks. And that's a 800 watt little electric up there. A little, little uh, toy for your you know kids. Um, the reason these things would be fun is, you know, skate parks and stuff. Like, you know, kids. You know, they're kids. Kids. Um, there you is go stuff. up to your uncle's farm, or right. you find some place where yeah. you can ride it. You know what I mean? The fuck off. Yeah. Hey, are you riding dirty over on the east side? Take some okay, little, I was riding dirty. I know. I, 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 right. Take this little dirt bike and go Frank's fuck off, right? Grandkid. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, legitimately, you could ride it in your oh, backyard. I mean, that's the one I was trying to think of. That's the Rascal. No, I was trying to think of the Buccaneer. Oh, the Buccaneer. When I was looking up the... Um, it's a high price for corn. The Buccaneer? <laughs> when I was trying to think of the Benelli scramble, I was actually thinking of the uh, SSR yeah. Buccaneer. Yeah. So the one that I am somewhat interested in, only because we're talking about uh, another... There was a shootout recently between all of the stuff. You know, it was a shootout between the, the Grom and the, the Z125 Pro and uh, some other stuff. And these guys, uh, these journalists all went out and rode these bikes around like they were real motorcycles on roads and shit. And uh, after they went around and rode them around, they kind of said, well, we kind of hate to admit it at this point, but the one we're enjoying the most is this dopey little, and I hate the name, Rascal. It's horrible. Not, not Rascal. It's not dopey looking. It looks like a baby monster. It's no, but I'm saying the name is dopey Oh, the name is awful. Rascal. It's a little rascal. It's a little rascal, all right, but I, I don't like it when anybody... Look, I didn't like it when Cleveland Cycle Works spelled it Da Heist. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> rotten. Right? That's, at least da. they kind of let you know what you were in for. Da Heist, right? Or I don't like it when people do that with, like, the names. Or, like, oh, look, it's the, the Dodge Neon Expresso. Fuck you, right? Don't spell words wrong to make your thing seem I totally seem agree funny. with you. I, yeah. that, that's one of my pet peeves. Right. If you wouldn't call this a rascal, don't call it a rascal. Come on. Yeah. It is sharp yeah. looking. They said something. I, I think the reason you, they do it though is because of like copyright. Yeah. They so, should have yeah, called it like well, the GMC I, Cyclone. I yeah, just that wish one gets that a pass the because Z it's still was the same, sure. regardless of which letter. It you should use, have been so. a rascal. Yeah, yeah, it's. And it's funny because, you know, it's an electric well, start, it's a kickstart, it's all the stuff. It's a little laid-down motor. So if you got bored with it, you could call our guys up at Akron. That's not bad that it's Power an electric start, warehouse. though. I mean, like... And you could call the guys at Akron Power Sports Warehouse and get one of those piranha fucking motors that they make. When I looked at it, that little between the Grim and the Grom. Oh, yeah, they fixed that. So this comes with a certificate of origin. 
This comes with a fucking title, pal. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah, they're straight legal. This comes with a title. Straight legal? How much is that, Mike? 2,000 bucks. 2,000? 2,000 fucking Trump units. And Benelli makes a big block. That's the the Benelli TNT 135. Yeah, we're going to get a three-gallon fuel tank, too. That seems impossible. That's bigger than the Sportster. 3.17 gallon. It is bigger than the Sportster. (laughs) Holy shit. It really is. Yeah. So Motorcycle.com did call the test the Battle of the 125 Ankle Bikers. Love it. So there you go. There's a, you can see in the background, uh, they ran a K-pipe. A K-pipe, they ran a Grom, they ran a, a Z125 Pro, and they ran a Rascal. Did they run a Grim? Nope. They just ran those four bikes. Steve's not here. I know. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, that's an article you can read if you're interested. Motorcycle. There's a video. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's like a half an hour video. Yeah, it's really cool. Sorry, Renee, I took a chair. I mean, I think, like, the only real bad thing they had to say about the Rascal is they were, like, I think they tried dropping them. Like, mm-hmm. they used them like real bikes, and they were, like, on the Z125, like, the lever bent a little bit or nothing happened, <laughs> and the lever, like... <laughs> Or no, I think they said nothing happened on the Z125 when they dropped it, but, yeah. like, the brake lever bent. Yeah. And it's, but, like, it's the little stuff like that that you're going to notice. And it's, right. like, you know, they weren't, like, dogging on it unfairly for that. They were just being totally honest about what happened. So it's, right. like, that's what you're paying less for. Any bike, if you kick it over, the brake lever could bend. Sure. Yeah, no, but, I mean, I think that was used more so as, like... It was like I was saying a few weeks ago where it's, like, now I'm not worried about Chinese build quality. I'm worried about Chinese metallurgy. Right. And that's absolutely I, I, I don't doubt that a lot of the Chinese bikes now are built actually really well. Chocolate camshafts, candy cane connecting rods? But they're probably built out of not as great materials as some of the other bikes. Yeah, and I mean... This actually, is... I, I, I say that, but I've made the opposite argument. That, you know, when you look at a Chinese scooter, the weak point isn't necessarily the motor. No, it's usually the owner. It's the owner, yeah. of course. Fast but it's everything that's attached to the motor. The right. frame is fucking cheesy. The bodywork is cheesy. All the electrics are made of, uh, I don't even know what ought fucking wire you call fucking mm-hmm. one strand of fucking, you know. Oh, yeah. But everything else has been. But the motors, by and large, if you could keep a intake boot that didn't rot off within the first mm-hmm. month or a carburetor that fucking suck right out but you're you're kind of you're saying what i'm saying though it's like the materials aren't quite there yet the materials aren't there but as far as the motors they've all yeah. been fairly fucking build decent quali- build quality is fine at this point yeah. not a, that's not over the board you can still buy a really shitty chinese motor i'd want to have my rev limiter at about six grand maybe for a long time but for yeah. life also that rascal is really kind of fun it looked like a fun toy. It was. I was surprised at how. That's a V twin. That's a Buccaneer. This is That's that bike right there. That looks yeah. exactly like the fucking. I, yeah. you, there's no question about where they looked when they decided to design the Buccaneer Cafe. A V seven. Because the Buccaneer Cafe might as well be called the V two fifty. No, that's V two point five. Oh, no, it's a Marini five and a half. It is a Marini. Three and yeah, a half. Three and a half. It's three a Marini three and a half, but in this case it would be a Marini two and a half. I because the Marini three and a half was a three fifty. I wonder okay. if it comes Yours right would be a Marini two and a half. Yes. I wonder if it comes with a what he said. Or a V two point five. That'd be that'd be a cool feature if it came with Interesting that. though. Right. And so this is the ca- the Buccaneer Cafe. Horrible name. Another a terrible fucking name, dude. Maybe they should just fully spoof it and call it. And the then that's Buccaneer. the Buccaneer, the Buccaneer Classic. It's like we're not even trying here. We're gonna right. make yeah. it, make it like the old, 
um, you know, like the combat wombats. Call it the, yes. Just just come out and call it the fucking air. Right, the fucking air. <laughs> yeah, you want to ride the fucking air? Here's a fucking air. I remember a buddy of mine had like a really high-end guitar amp called the fucking fucker. The yeah. fucking fucker, there you go. Just go for it. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I was, that's, that's pretty hot looking. I guarantee you motherfuckers would buy it just cause it's 3,500 bucks. So 3,500 bucks, disc in the front, disc in the back, fuel injection, V twin. I mean, I don't know. The shape of the frame is slightly cheesy. 18 horsey powers. You know, um, you're looking at 283 pounds, which you know is empty, no battery, tires full of helium. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what to expect with this thing. I don't expect anyone to buy it because, again, it's a 250cc bike. And How much does it cost? 3,500 freedom units. No, yeah, we can't even sell G400Cs. Yeah, we can't sell G4. Right, right, exactly. And I mean, what did we say that a G400C costs? 3499 right? So, I'd rather have that than it's this. Way be- and the G400C is a way better looking bike. No, I'm sorry, the G400 is 4599 the G400 is a thousand bucks. Personally, more. Yeah, so that's a big deal. Either way, in this market, but at this point, why don't you just buy a used bike? Three thousand dollars buys you a lot of used motorcycle. Fuck yeah, I would man! Never put and, down money for and that. And that's the argument never. that we hear every single day. So the reason we haven't sold more G400Cs is exactly what Kevin says: is because any, fuck Honda for making so many fucking CB350s, <laughs> selling gajillions of them. And you know what, though? That even though half of them have been fucking destroyed and churned and chopped and fucked and whatever, yeah. there's still enough out there. You can still go fucking buy a 1970 diggity fucking Honda. But I think that that's a license to not ride. I think that buying a non-running CB350 doesn't put you any closer to being a motorcycle rider. True. Especially a newer one. Right. That's just a headache. But buying a $1,200 Suzuki G500 GS500. They put you slightly closer to being a motorcycle mechanic. It certainly does. But like buying a, you know, <laughs> buying a, a Goose, buying a Suzuki GS500e for twelve hundred bucks or fourteen hundred bucks, you just became a motorcycle rider. Yeah, I mean, I hate to bring up the Ninja Two Fifty again. Of course but, you should. But a, you know, fifteen hundred dollars gets you actually a pretty decent Ninja Two Fifty each in the spring, and the Ninja Five, like at thirty five hundred bucks, you could buy the nicest Ninja Five Hundred in the world. No, you're buying CBR 600. You're <laughs> buying a rough R1. You're buying yeah. FZ1. Yeah, you are. With yeah. enough room yeah. to rebuild half of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. three grand will buy you a lot, a lot of, of bikes. In today's market, yeah. apparently it buys you. Well, we all looked at our Harley Davidson that we bought last week. So I mean, you we'll, can buy. We'll, we'll show you later. Oh, on. Can't you wait. get a metric cruiser, a Shadow yeah. fucking, yeah. you know, eleven hundred might Fury. go for thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, the nineteen, yeah, the nineteen eighty nine uh, Harley Davidson that we bought. You know. It's you got another one? No, the red one we saw on oh, the podcast okay, yeah. last week, um, or two weeks ago. It's now working. It's now running. It's running on both cylinders, and it's happy. And we took rid of the, got rid of the bullshit shotgun pipes, and we put OEM pipes back on. And it's a ha- and it's got a brand new rear tire, shotgun. and it just became a happy running motorcycle. And yeah, and that's a bike that we spent under two thousand dollars on. So for a, a beautiful Harley Davidson, an Evo, right? So, it's funny that people are like nostalgic for Evo motors. Now. No, what I was saying, the one reason I said Evo is not because it's nostalgic for Evo motors. I'm saying that it's the difference between a fuck you, I'm never going to work for you, Harley Davidson, which is pre Evo, mm-hmm. and an Evo that you can ride for a long time mm-hmm. and not dump a ton of money into. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. the cool thing is it's like yeah. it's a daily rider bike. 
it's a bike you could ride every day, right. but like you have the street cred of being like, yeah, it's an Evo bike. You could yeah. probably get thirty to forty thousand trouble free miles. Absolutely. Right? So there's like people Absolutely. my age that are like gonna buy that bike, and that's like your grizzled old biker starter kit uh-huh. is buying an, an old Evo motor. Oh yeah. Oh hell yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I I totally agree. The uh, I the more that we play around with this stuff and the more that we kind of get to get to toy around with all the different bikes that come through the shop and we play a lot of games we get to we have to play with bikes and stuff and it's the more that i realize that there's just so many out there man it's it's a very very full market so your readers and your fan club want to know oh my god oh, that's nice. where Dude. are you going to put your money where do you mean what are you thinking about buying um, I've really been enjoying my police, my Harley Davidson police bike. My FLHP gets ridden a no, lot. No, 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 I'm not talking personally. Oh. I mean, for the shop. Oh, you don't know, and that's the thing is, I'm looking I know really you've been looking for, I mean, we don't really, right. At, right now you don't, I mean, you have the scooters covered, and you're selling the Zeros, but you don't have yeah. another marquee. We don't, yeah, I don't. We've and, went through Royal Enfield, right. we've went through mm-hmm. Moto Guzzi, what's, yeah. what's next on the horizon? I'd be willing to do, I, I'm hoping Moto Guzzi gets their shit together and I can bring them back in-house. Um... I would. I'd really be happy about that because I think what they've done with the V85 TT is magical. Um, and I think that it's just a matter of putting the numbers in the right places. The Oracle has spoken. There you go. Yeah. So I was, when I looked but at I'm not gonna have But I'm not going to have Ducati, and we had a giant <coughs> sucking sound in our market on that. And I'm, I've already met with them, and I'm not going to do Ducati. I'm not going to do Triumph, and I haven't had a meeting with them, and I'm do not going to do Suzuki. Are you going to do SSR? I'm looking hard at SSR right You'll now. You'll have to come down by me, have lunch, and we'll go to that dealership, because they have one of these on display. And sure. And I noticed, like, that the Raz Skull was, mm-hmm. like, okay. Like yeah. I said, it was, like, between the Grim and the Grom in terms of build quality. The Grim and the Grom and the Raz Skull. And I think, the, <laughs> I think the Monkey is a big difference between the Grom in terms of build quality. I could see some hipsters buying that fucking thing just because. But, but this, or not that yeah. but the, the dual sport bike they had one of the dual sport bikes and a ton of all the different um all the different off-road like oh, yeah bikes. i gotta have that and they looked really really nice the only reason the pit bikes looked anything but excellent was because they also had the thumb star pit bikes mm-hmm. which the thumb star is like even a step up okay. from the ssr but it was clearly like a different like the thumb star is the bike you buy when you're trying to go racing on a budget sure and the SSR is definitely like the have fun fuck around bike, and honestly, like, what was the price of that? No, like that the, enduro was was four thousand dollars. Four thousand thirty nine. Yeah. And there's still people buying brand new TW two hundreds. Yeah, five hundred bucks for for forty six hundred bucks plus all your pricing. You know, forty seven hundred bucks, whatever yeah. a brand new one oh, costs. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Quite a bit. Yeah, and they, they never fix the, the next day. Yeah. You'd yeah. sell a ton of those. So my whole idea is, the reason I'm looking at, at these things <laughs> is only because I'm heck? trying to pay attention to what... For 500 bucks. I'm trying to pay attention to what people in America are buying. And what's funny is, we all have... We, we have all said... <laughs> we have all it, said it, how many times? We've all said, oh, fucking Chinese shit. Fucking Chinese shit. Fucking Chinese shit. But I go to somewhere like the AIM Expo, and I see a line of people standing in front of a Chinese bike, and the one thing they're all saying is, well, that's not that bad, that's not that bad, and that's not bad, well, that bad. And what I'm saying is the, the fucking standards in our country have gotten pretty fucking low. Harbor Freight. But yeah, exactly, thank you. That's what this is. You're exactly right. 
but you're exactly right. There's also a, a point where you're like, I would like to have a nice bike, but I don't have a budget for it. So what's the next best thing? Am I looking you at a child's child's electric quad runner? You're looking yeah, that's, at, that's for you're kids. looking at literally a children's Power toy. Power wheels. Power wheels. So exactly. that that dealership had a lineup of twelve to fifteen of yeah. those uh, SSR one twenty five, and they said this is all getting ready for Christmas. Right. I guess they sell a ton of them for Christmas because it's you know when you want to give little you know little mm. little hunter something to open on Christmas morning, you're not going to get them a used bike that already has dirt on it. Negative. On it. When you want to buy your kids something that you want to be able to ride, mm, this is important. Pay this attention. This is what happens. This is what this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, about. I'm going to buy my kid this. Yeah, yeah. I want to buy this bike that he really can't handle, knowing that I'm going to end up getting to ride the shit out of that little fucker. Whenever Junior can't fucking handle so it. Your kids exactly. get one of these for Christmas? Well, my kids in playing video games and not buying riding the bike that I spent umpteen hundred dollars buying or whatever hundred dollars mm-hmm. buying. The whole I'm family rode a Z fifty. When you were a kid, the whole family rode a Z fifty. Exactly Uncle right. whoever rode a Z fifty. Yep. Your dad rode the Z fifty. You rode the Z fifty. That thing yeah. I'm jealous of this childhood. No, yeah. <laughs> no I'm, I'm being dead serious. I always wanted a mini bike. I always wanted, we just yeah, didn't have same. it, but like I hear stories like yep. this, and like everyone went riding. Everyone did cool stuff together. I, I we did cool stuff together, just never like a motorized kind of thing. Well, Phil knows yep. we used to oh. drag the lawnmowers, the horizontal, those uh, yeah, rotary yeah. motor that was motors. Our world. Real you ones. would drag those home. Yep. You would pull the horizontal shaft, yep. Briggs or Tecumseh off. Whatever that. it was. You'd have a mini bike frame, and, and everybody's working hours. on their mini yeah. bikes, and then you'd run from the caps. Yep. And which. Like Which was fun. Like, I want to do that as a grown-up. My no, dad had a fully loaded CL90. Mm-hmm. I wish I had that bike still. Well, that's what's great about those 125s is, like I said, like being I a stretched CRF50, <laughs> like, I felt total. I'm, I'm 195 pounds. I'm not a small guy, and I felt yeah. totally comfortable in one. Oh, I'm telling you. That's why I wanted these little bikes so much. It would, I think it would, like, make up for a weird childhood that I didn't have. Right. But, like, have that street-legal version so I don't have to just play in the neighborhood. Like... That kind of stuff, yes. I, I would. Does that I'd look familiar to anybody? Yeah. That looks like an XR50. Oh, it sure does, doesn't it? Is there anything about this that isn't an XR50? It says Z on it. Except for, look at what that is. A remote reservoir, reservoir shocks. shocks. Oh, yeah. That would sell, right? That that bike would sell. Right. Well, they sell them in kits now. It's a kit. The, yeah. It's a kit. So you, you buy the kit, and then you know what you can do? Small is you can put a 50 in it. Gliders? Sweet. It's a glider. If you're an, if you're an eighteen wheeler kind of fellow, this is a glider, <laughs> and you can also get them with a ninety cc. Or if you're fucking mentally ill, you can get a one forty in it. <laughs> and so yeah, you can get that little tiny thing that fits under your left armpit. Fuck having the front wheel on the right? ground ever. With a one hundred and forty goddamn cc manual four speed Piranha engine in it. Just been top gear and just puts around on that. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the point is, if you ever had any relatives you wanted to eliminate, buy one of these and let them ride it. And that won't be your problem anymore. I always wanted to build the skull cracker, which is <laughs> which is the uh, you know an AT, an ATC one twenty five, which has the dual range transfer case. Yep. Horizontal egg beater Honda motor, yep. and then stick it in like a CT70 or a Z50 Ooh. in low range yeah, so that yeah. you're like, ah! yeah. <laughs> and it just flips over. And oh, the magic of this is essentially what you're getting is you're getting the motor. When you buy this kit, you're buying the motor for 400 bucks. Um, this is really fucking cool. I mean, wow. to a kid, to be That's a young a kid, 
Yeah, it's a, this is really neat. Well, I tell you, to be an old man riding a monkey, yeah. I feel like I'm 12 every time. I feel like you're a kid. I'm jealous of you. 100% jealous of you. Yeah. That's not even fair. Yeah. And, and that's when, when we look at like what is popular, what is selling? Well, what's selling is Steve's buying the carburetor. You know, you're buying Cubs. You're buying Super Cubs. You bought a monkey. Those are selling. Like Nobody's buying a CBR 300. So I went yeah, to a... So that's, uh, uh, yeah. Took it up to New York. Rode it 1,200 miles. Yeah. I was invited to a... Uh, On my monkey. A Lotus Club event. There was a guy there. Wait a second. Say that again. Late, late Say that again 60s. louder. No, you on your monkey. Huh? <laughs> I like how he just deflects. Yeah. Yes, yeah. please say it again louder. <laughs> so I rode my monkey twelve hundred miles in a week in New York. Huh. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So this guy bought a brand new monkey. <laughs> said he decided he couldn't ride it. Okay. Called the dealership back and said, well, "How much of a hit am I going to have to take?" Okay. And they said, "No, we'll give you all your money back right. for it." Yeah. It's just like two months later. Right. Because they had such they trouble getting all of them that. Right. Want to Which leads us to the CT125 concept. Uh, it's a trail. That's what I showed you. Remember right. I showed you that like months we ago? We talked about this yeah. months ago. And we always said, we, we all of us agreed at the same time that, yes, if you, you can't do a monkey, you can't do a super cub, and then forget to do the CT. It, it's just, I could see myself having this and just... I'm already daily been, driver. It's not like going to have the range transfer case though. Thank God. It's not oh going gosh. to. I know. And okay. how's this even a concept? I know don't they still make this abroad? I was going to say, don't they? Can't they just go and grab one of these from some other market where yeah, they're still making US approved. it? Right. Let's. Uh, we put the ground motor in it, and everything else is the exact same bike we've been selling in Australia or Vietnam or Bramladesh or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but how about this though? Somebody in this room. Is equipped to do a very interesting shootout between a Super Cub and a Simba. Who? You! <laughs> you know? God damn it. So, for Ooh. people. For Can't people, make him drink. Right. For people who are. <laughs> for people who are into all weird mm. motorcycles. The company called SIM, S-Y-M, or Sanyang Motors, uh, Sanyang Motors produced a bike called the Simba, which is a beautiful turn of phrase, because if the name of your company is SIM anyway, and you're making something that's based on a Super Cub, what more Super Cub has there ever been than Simba? Simba was a Super Cub. And so they named the bike the Simba, and in fact... At twenty three hundred ninety eight doll hairs, um, uh, you know this one hundred and some odd CC. Is it gone? It's gone because Steve bought it. Are you? I'm never coming back here again. Snooze, you lose, buddy. <laughs> I have other things that require my money. I can't just get all the uh -huh. cool stuff. Uh huh. No, I've so, wanted one. You know, and Phil knows this that right. I've wanted one since the day I saw one. Right. It's but true. I, you know, I, he is absolutely. Whenever, I love the right. Simba. He's yeah. been all over it from day one. It was right there. It was. And oh, it had no miles right on it. it. It's right in my garage. It's in his garage now. <laughs> so now that we have a human being in our room that has ridden extensively the passport, I have an original 50, too. Right. I'm a 50 to 70. Right. 
90 a one well the sim is a 100 yeah and the new one the new super cubs are 125 so now you've got the entire genetic chain of honda cubs right and the sim by far is the best really wow now that look at i am not i must preface this by saying cleveland moto is not now and has not been for a while and that's why I'm dealing. So I've got nothing to gain by you saying this. This is some shit because the Super Cup, the new the new bike is fuel injected. Right. And and it was a little more than 23.99. I it was uh, 35.99 plus okay. you know tax and whatever. So it came out to be like 4 grand. Sure. But I mean I really wanted one and they look good. I mean I, I, I they, they look phenomenal. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that they don't look great. Oh, they do. But beautiful. But when Phil, when you got the um, Simba in here, mm-hmm. I always wanted one, so I had to buy that one just to complete the collection because I wanted every CC. And I rode that. I started riding it, and I'm thinking, what? Th- this engine is just so much better than any engine Honda ever put in any one of their bikes. It's really? super responsive. It's got a ton of power. It does have a the, lot of power. The, Bike is faster than the 125. The 125 tops out like on a flat, whatever. You'll top out on about like almost 60 with fuel injection and whatever. Mm-hmm. This thing will go like 62, and it gets there way faster. The transmission is a slightly clunky, like not. I don't even want to say. I mean, it's almost. It's almost an imperceptibly more clunkier mm-hmm. but it's not that bad and i like the styling with the open handlebars instead of the closed like all the super cups have the closed handlebars the only thing i don't like about it is that stupid speedometer on top of the like yeah, the you know, speedometer is a little yeah, weird looking it's wonky simple. but yeah it's wonky looking uh it is really cool it is really uh and the bar that goes up your ass when you can't i don't like the enough, fact so. that they decided to not have a bench seat on that bike. They wanted to have a solo saddle, and so they did a solo saddle, and the solo saddle just does not look great. Um, It it doesn't work great, and then... I think it looks better than it feels. Okay. Because you you can't slide back far enough, and if you slide back further, then they have a a grab rail for the passenger. Yeah, it's pretty vicious. But, But... the advantage of the Sim 2 oh, is you that can they always dock that if you really want. Well, you, you can. Yeah, no, you can. Yeah, there is a passenger s- grab rail on a solo seat. Well, there, there's, there's a solo a seat and a, and a pillion. There's a picture so, of it. Well, there's a picture. Oh, it has a pillion and it has a solo seat, and very much like the original. But, but right I think that's just an excuse to grab some of adjustable shocks. Yeah, Honda will not put adjustable shocks on. They have a one person or two people, and you just rotate it like like a 180 degrees. And it allows you to adjust the shocks for preload. Yeah. There is no doubt that that Simba was a really good little bike. It's I, a great bike. And nothing proved more than when we were doing one of our Mods versus Rockers rides, mm-hmm. and the one girl was, you know, riding one of the Simbas, and I'm like, we're going, we're going pretty solid. And yeah. she's hanging right in there at 45, 50, 60, you know, like, I don't, uh, like, stop at 60. She was not going 60 miles well, an hour. We had 62 what? miles an hour verified at No Problems Raceway in Alabama Okay. when we did the Babe Rally. 
I was just very impressed at how well she was it's keeping a, up with the It's a very back. impressive bike. If she's on Mods versus Rockets, I guarantee you would have never done that on, a, on an old school Passport or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If she ride as a mod or as a rocker? On a Simba? She, she was, was a mocker. Mod. She was She was a mocker. She was wearing her gear. She looked <laughs> looking <laughs> good. Um, yeah. She had the high boots and I I won't I won't lie, she did look good. I yeah. She was having a great she time. Cute. She was cute. Nice to look at. But but I must say that if I had bought that bike prior to my Super Cub, mm -hmm. I probably would not have bought my Super Cub. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. Su I mean I like the way the Super it would Cub have looks. displaced the Super Cub. It would have, because I wouldn't have needed it then. I mean, this gives me everything that I wanted beyond my passport. My passport's good up to like forty-five. Yeah. Until my my boss borrowed it, and he ruined it. That you that bike used to be good for 50, yeah. 55 miles an hour. What did your boss do to it? Thrash it? Spun it? No, out. he got, gave it back to me. It was like he left it on its side in his backyard. Oh, Both tires were flat. Yeah, the carbs were all like the carb was all like. Pitted and filled with water. Uh, it's like, did you man. punch him in the dick? I, I wish I could have, but I didn't. Where is he? I'll punch him in the dick. So, so anyway, I have a present for Steve. Steve, I have a present for you. I did not make it. I, I had a present for you, but I left it at home. Steve is opening up his present. Sunshine daydream. So these are rear passenger pegs for the modern Honda Cub. <gasps> Seriously? Seriously. Yep. Where'd yeah, you get these? I, the world works in mysterious ways, doesn't it, Steve? Oh yeah. my god, these so are the coolest are, things. Cool? They look really I'd say neat. don't ask any questions. Just <laughs> smile all the way to the Whoa, bank. Whoa, look at this. Oh, I want the Bumbleberry. Oh, that is right up my alley. Oh, Fathead's Bumbleberry, the most refreshing beer in America. These are so sweet. When you don't have Natter Days. They're really cool. Yeah, aren't those cool? So, yeah, those are uh, a guy that makes, a guy knocks those out, and they are rear passenger pegs because the, the new Honda Super Cub doesn't have any, right? Yeah, no, they came from Thailand, in case you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah, they came from Thailand. There's a uh, there's a guy from Thailand that's like very active in one of the Z125 Facebook groups I'm on that makes mm -hmm. like really nice stuff. Like everybody who's gotten parts from him says that like the stuff is yeah. really nice. Well, this is nice. I mean, if you look at the quality, I mean, it on looks this piece, amazing. Yeah, this is CNC machined. Yeah, dibbling and dabbling. There's a lot of unnecessary workmanship on that. Holy crap! And a nice uh, solid detent. Yeah, on the... it's a decent piece of kit. Yeah, a little star oh shape. Oh. Yeah, is that a tear? That is for his, uh, yeah, that's for his Super Cup. May? So he may. Yeah. Did you even touch it yet? I touched it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we're taking it every day. No, we're, no, we're, no, we're, we're, we're taking our presents yet, before we even do it. We want to be able to touch it, man. Let's, Let's all it. have a round of applause for Phil, please. You guys are more than welcome. Thank you. Good I see, I'll pay you whatever they're worth. No, so. no, no, you're not going to pay a nickel for it. When I see things that are oh my good God. for the people these, in my these are the cool, These are the coolest things. They're, they're, pretty, really fun, they're, pretty, they're pretty sexy. When I saw it, That's I cool. thought of you, and I was like, well, I know somebody who will use that. Because what was your complaint? There was no way to put a passenger on the back of your bike. Right. And now there is. Nobody's ever done anything yep. nice for Steve. Well, Steve does a lot of nice things for everybody. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. These are going on tomorrow. Yeah. So those are, I thought you'd like those. Can I take a ride in the back? Yeah. This is really cool. You yeah. already were on the back of the ruckus. <laughs> as long as I can get a picture of you on the back. Oh, two up, baby. One of my favorite Cleveland Moto photos from history is when you first yeah, got the K-pipe in. So fucking hilarious. And was it, was oh, I on the back God. or was Johnny yeah. Chrome it was, on the back? It was, it was, it was me and, and Johnny yeah, Chrome. Yeah, you and Chrome two up on a K-pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fucking, Better pretty fucking sucks. red. 
Yeah, pretty fucking rad. Stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. We're we're now officially happy. The so kind of looking at the weather changing a little bit around here. It has gotten a little bit cooler. We've uh, turned for the worse, maybe. Steve hasn't switched over to his winter shorts yet. But, yeah, yeah, probably not. Right. Yeah, we're we're still in the hunt. But yeah, realistically, are you guys? Planning on going for the long? Are you going to do the long pull through the winter, or what's the game? Because this is usually when I start appointing winter bikes around my garage. That's what I do, too. Yeah. I figure out, okay, you're going to be the sacrificial, you know, poor bastard who gets to ride all winter. I and, sold my ruckus, so now I don't have that bike to ride the winter. Oh, man. Okay. All right. The ruckus is gone. So uh, it's PC 800. And the Corvette has a really nice heater, and you can put the top the down. Corvette! <laughs> and it is the right price for a winter hoopty. <laughs> nah, I'm probably just going to drive the Corvette most of the way. No, you have to come to the fluid film party. Okay. Okay? Because we're not going to let you own a Corvette and drive it in the salt unless you've heavily fluid I probably won't. I'm not going to try to push it to the point where I'm driving it in the salt. Salt, okay. Well, you got to remember, too, it's mostly aluminum and fiberglass. Yeah, but, but there's a lot of metal that holds all together. There is a lot of metal. Don't, don't ride in Lorraine County, because yeah. in about two days, they're going to have the no, grind. No, I don't really plan on taking it. It's not going to be my daily going to work. I won't take it. Where I work. Where I park at work is yeah. right next to the spoils piles. Ooh, where that's they come, acidic. Where when they're dumping, yeah. when they dig a hole and dig yeah. up pipes, they dump the shit there. Mm -hmm. And then another truck comes and scoops it up, and it all ends up on oh, our fucking man. cars. So, no, the car, my Corvette's not going to work. It's not going to commute all winter long. Good. In fact, it might sort of get torn apart Oh really? at some point. There's just a, a host of things I'd like to do to it that it doesn't necessarily need, but... Mm -hmm. Like I just want to tear it apart. I want to put a new fuel or a new fuel pump in. You know, in the it's it's got a weird fuel pump. Yeah, in the it gas. It's it the easiest fuel pump to change. But I want to do a new fuel pump, water pump, just a bunch of things to it that it doesn't need. Oh, pumps. But okay. I want to do them anyway. Right. Just because I know the history of it and everything. Head pipes. Okay. Uh, cat catalytic converter to leave three fifty. Yeah. It doesn't need catalytic converters anymore. It's mm -hmm. too old for that. It's too old for catalytic converters. That's yeah. exactly right. Uh, yeah, not to be the downer. I have zero motorcycles, so I'll be riding zero motorcycles this winter. Wait, you what gotta happened? get something weird. Your bike, but I thought you, you sold had a Goldwing. Gold sold everything. Right. Jesus. He's, well, it's sold a Goldwing Goldwing. FZ1 to finance the no, to buy the Goldwing. Yeah. Goldwing was a tool for the trip. Yes, it was. And yeah. now the trip's over. And what year was it? O two. O two. Sold the Goldwing. I mean, the only thing I end up riding in the winter is like the, the CT seventy. And over my daughter's quad runner, I pull them, pull them around in the backyard on the sled <laughs> all winter long. The never-ending sleigh ride. Right, and that's and that is which will come into play pretty soon here, second week of November. Yeah, we are going to be going to the scoot and shoot. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, the yeah. scoot and shoot. Um, always a good time. Always big fun. Bring your rifles. Bring your pistols. Bring your shotguns. You available for that or no? Yeah, yeah. I'm on. So he got banned. What? He got banned. From Facebook? Yeah. He always gets banned from Facebook. What's he do? He likes he likes our president a lot. He leans that way. And he likes to remind people of that. So yeah. They ban him for that? He gets banned all the time. He's been banned three times this past year. There's there's it's like a crazy. I mean, people on both sides of the there's, equation will get banned if what you post is in, is like inflammatory enough. Yeah, yeah. He's getting uh, banned. Like if you oh, go ahead. I, I I've well, had I've known I'm not gonna comment. Are, you don't have to. I don't yeah. know. We won't ban you. <laughs> I, I think because of his support of the president makes it yeah. easier for him to get banned. Absolutely. I, I would agree with that, Absolutely. but I have seen... But like, I've also seen him post things talking about 
I've got a gun and I can fucking kill you. This is my yeah. thing. That yes. will also very Look, quickly get you banned. It's very, very easy to get banned when you're the guy they're looking at to see if you're saying anything bannable. Hmm. If you've been banned three times, it doesn't take much to get you banned a fourth time. And, you know, when you end up in Facebook jail on the reg, whether it's because you like to post pictures that shouldn't be on Facebook or whether you like to remind people of your arsenal and your willingness to use it, right? I've tried to counsel him on that. We know. But, right? Remember that it's social media, friends. There ain't no secrets. As, a, as somebody with there. an affinity for things that go bang, it seems to me that, like, nobody had to take me aside and tell me this, but I'm really shocked routinely by people that I, that are considerably older than me and I think are much wiser than me mm -hmm. on most things, sure. that they like to, like, put that out there. Like, if you're so afraid... Of the possibility of someone coming to take your shit, yeah. don't give them a shopping list. No. I think guns are awesome, but I've never owned one. There you go, Exactly. John. Can you throw me a piece of round meat? I thought you had a shotgun. <laughs> no. I have one. I have one. Colt real 1911 Springfield Armory. That's all the guns I have. Real, real shame about that boating and Where did all the shotguns come when we were shooting ski? No, those were rentals. Rentals. Yeah. Oh. Social no media. <laughs> I was right. okay. I <laughs> That's it. It's amazing what you can rent these days. The uh, yeah, I'm a millennial. I'm a journalist. I don't own any guns. Bingo. Never oh, guns mm -hmm. in my life. I'm from Wisconsin. That's all you need to know. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. The only time cats. we've gotten complaints about this podcast, by the way, is when we have even a brief conversation about the fact that we were at this table gun enthusiasts. Oh, and. Well, I want to talk about a lot more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got to kick that fucking burning trash can right down the road. The, uh, but that I mean that's kind of a my buddy Kevin. Kevin was going to come, and when I he I invited him to the scoot and shoot, and he was going to come, but he was mistaken because I've gone to some machine gun shoots and stuff like that. He thought this was going to be a machine gun shoot. And when he's like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait to come shoot some machine guns," I'm like, "There probably won't be any machine guns." <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, this is a shooting scoot. This is a different thing than what I do in Pennsylvania and stuff. He's like, ah, ah. I'm like, yeah, you, I, I was a little surprised that you were going to fly in mm -hmm. for the shooting scoot. Yeah. And I, but, but I was more than willing to have you. Burn up a bunch of 22s in somebody's backyard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, now I understand. You thought this was going to be the machine gun shoot that so I was going to handle. What exactly is the scoot and shoot? Well, go ahead, John. Uh, this is... Go over to Bruce's house sometimes Saturday afternoon, hang out, shoot in what is a twenty foot range. <laughs> we we joke range. it might it might straight up be a fifty foot range. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, into water. You're basically it's an old. I think it's an old foundation or I something. Think you're right. So he has five acres in over in Chardon, and you're basically just like bah, 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 and it's, it's, it's a great, glorified pink, plinking thing. it's great if there's been a little bit of rain and there's some water in it and you can just blah 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 and we yeah. throw pumpkins and we throw beer cans or motorcycles doesn't matter what it is and yeah. we have some flipper targets and we have this that and the other thing it usually starts out on saturday as kind of like uh 22s and handguns and stuff like that what Those kind of grenade launchers and and then, weapons. So then some people show up for Saturday, and then there's a little camp. I camp out. I'm probably going to take my RV over so I can take my daughter's little quad runner and some stuff, and I'll just stay overnight at Bruce's house because Bruce and I are tight. And then Sunday morning we get up. We go to 
Dunkin' Donuts and get Cameron, some breakfast. Cameron, would you like to describe this? You're a journalist. You're good with words. This is a... Those, uh, those are not <laughs> necessarily... Well, first of all, it's a Honda CB750. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a 350. Yeah, the other like one was a 750. The blue one. one. Like, so what, like a 72, looks like? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. That would be about a 72, that gold. Yeah. Yeah, it's got color. about 72. I have a 72 that is in that exact same color. <laughs> it's got about 72. And what this is, is this is a an art installation of probably $1,000 worth of bang. Um, <laughs> there's everything bang. from one-inch slugs to literally bird shot. Like that one. That's you know? a one-one. Yeah, there, there, there's so many good just examples. There's so much 7.62 that's been through here. A lot of hits. A lot of hits. It's taken a lot it's of a fucking hits. A couple tumblers there, it looks like. And I fucking love that the gas cap is still on, <laughs> and despite <laughs> the fact that we went into it that way. So, like, we we went to a lot of trouble to correctly perforate Corrected. a 1972 CB350 gas tank. Extreme Perforation. Yeah, extreme perforation. That wouldn't and, hold any fuel at all, Phil. No, it wouldn't. And it would be, <laughs> that, that would be a it's, test for even a Caswell kit. It doesn't even hold air. Right. It doesn't even hold air. That's a that's yeah. a that's a flex seal commercial. But it will hold It'll hold your fucking attention. Because every time somebody comes in the shop and sees that and they're like, Oh yeah, I got this really rare C B three fifty and I'm like, Yeah. I guess here's the real rare gas tank for it. Um, you know, John's thing, there's no such thing as a rare Honda. No. But that's a, that's a great example of the kind of stuff that we do at Scoot and Shoot. We take dumb stuff out and put holes in it. As well as dumb, you know, two-wheeled stuff, you know, whatever you got. Right. Run, bring out your little weird moped. How much space ATVs do you have in that uh, camper of yours? Well, you can more than, uh, there will be at least one or two extra berths. Plus, yeah. Bruce has a camper out right, there. Right, he's got a camper too. Which normally the Cochran's take up, which I don't think they're going to be in attendance no. this year. No. And who, who camped exactly. the one year? Was that Nick? Nick camped in a tent. <sighs> no, I don't. Right? I will have my RV, and right. I will have a space heater plugged yeah. in in my RV. Yeah, hot and warm so and I have three beds in my RV. Mm -hmm. You, yeah, I will be using one of them. Yeah, you don't need to sleep on the floor. You don't need to sleep on the ground. I and also, say. it's yeah. only a half hour away. So right. you can certainly close. come out Saturday and If you leave here right now, you'll be in Bruce's driveway in under 40 minutes. Because okay. he's that right close now. to Route 20 minutes if you're riding. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I stay over just because I want to be there first thing in the morning. Yeah. And I just want to make it a weekend thing, and I like hanging out, and I'll drink a bunch of beers, and then I'll go to bed, and I wake up first yeah, thing in the fire morning. It's nice. Yeah, and hard to drive an RV half in the bag. Yeah, well, I mean, I could try to drive home. He doesn't have to. dark thirty, yeah. but I'd just rather not because, well, I have an RV, and yeah. might as well like, use it. I like to try to take every opportunity I can to use it. It's been really not gotten used very much this year. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So that's what scooting shoots. When is scooting shoot? November 2nd and 3rd. Okay, there's a couple things I need to finish. But yeah. So that's kind of one of the things that we've got cooking right now. The uh, What I did want to talk about, because we haven't had a really good, you know, a tech or informational part of our podcast. And I'd like to move into the informational part of our podcast, if I might. So recently, you guys may have noticed that a black-colored Ducati Scrambler has arrived in my shop. Yes. I purchased it. Um, I purchased it from a fella who was... Very excited to sell it. Highly farkled. And it's farkled to fuck. I mean, it is farkled to fuck. And it's... Uh, there are parts on that, I can officially say, and everybody at this table probably mm -hmm. can say, there are there are little parts on that bike mm -hmm. that do nothing yeah. that cost more than they should. Than we've paid for entire motorcycles that we're running. Yeah. It's a really farkled up bike. And it's so farkled up that his enthusiasm over selling it, his excitement over selling it, his... Like, I need money. I'm going to be there Sunday. 
kind of thing. It was a little scary and made me check his title and check his VIN. I was very careful buying this bike. So the situation was this. He contacted me in a state of duress wanting to sell this motorcycle. And I said, well, yes, you may come to my house. You may come to my shop. I'll meet you wherever because I am interested in buying this motorcycle at the price you've already given me. You did all the negotiation for me. I'm going to pay the price you're asking for this bike. I don't even contact people on Craigslist unless the price is so ridiculous right. that I can't go wrong, even if I pay their on you know their price. Exactly. And what this is, what has happened with this is he called me. He didn't list it. He didn't put it on Facebook. He didn't put it on Craigslist. He called my shop and said, "I need to turn a motorcycle into money. This is the motorcycle. This is how much money." And I went, "I can work with that. Do you have a title? Yes. Great. Meet me with the title at my shop." Hmm. Can't. Well, then meet me at my house. Okay. Oh, I can't. Then he, he didn't show up at either location. I called him several times. Nothing. He fucks off. He disappears. I just figure he's totally full of shit. And then three weeks, four weeks later, I hear from him again. He's in jail. Again? Maybe. I don't know. Cool. Okay. I'm deployed overseas. If you send me $1,000, <laughs> I will send you... I am the prince of Nigeria. Where is the bike? Where is the title? How can I break in your house to get the title, yeah. to get your bike? And I'll leave money. I'll send so, you the money. On the second round of this adventure, I was like, okay, here's the rules. We are exchanging information right now. Tomorrow, which happened to be a Sunday, I will meet you at my shop at noon... Because that's when you tell me you're available. You don't want to do it Friday or whatever when the shop's open or Saturday when the shop's open. Okay, I will meet you there at noon. I will pay you and you will have the title. And you will sign the title and I will take the motorcycle. So he shows up at the motorcycle and the motorcycle has had all these sparkles put on it. But the original parts, according to him, were in a box in his warehouse or in his mom's house or something. Big right? fucking box. Hold on. His yeah, bedroom in his yeah, mom's yeah. basement. His, all the <laughs> OEM parts, right? So all the OEM parts. Okay. And he has the bike titled in North Dakota because all of his vehicles are titled in North Dakota because you don't have to pay taxes in North Dakota on the vehicles you own or whatever, Is I he guess. Son? And he's <laughs> a businessman, and he's a person that sells tattooing supplies. Business. Okay. So now you've heard the story, but what? the right turn signal, the right bar end turn signal is totally missing. The OEM fender's missing. The OEM handlebars are missing. There's all these OEM items that I would like to have to make it into a complete sellable bike, or at least try to take it back to the most sellable version of itself that I can. Stock? Stock-ish. At this point, I'd be happy with stock-ish. I'd be happy with a fender and turn signals, at least four of them, right? As opposed to one bar end that works sometimes. So, but he promises me that he's going to give me, he's going to return post haste. But here's, this, this is the lesson, guys. This is where it's coming at you. Let's just say for the sake of argument, the purchase price of the vehicle is $4,000. And that's the price I agree upon. And I tell him, all right, I have about 1300 cash. I'm going to give you the rest in a company check. Well, first I'm just like, I'm going to write you a company check. And he's like, well, do you have any cash? And I said, well, I do have some cash. Let me look in the drawer. I'm sure I can find some cash. Yeah, I'd really like to have some cash. Okay, cash is king. That's fine. I appreciate that. So I give him 1300 in cash, and I give him 2700 in a company check. 
I said, now, what about the other stuff? What about the box of stuff that you tell me is coming to me to make this unit complete? Oh, yeah, I just got to get into my mom's garage or warehouse or whatever, and I'll bring you the other box of stuff. Now, this is where the lesson comes in. He said, oh, yeah, I'll bring you the stuff. You know, if you want, you can just hold back some cash even. All right, guys. Hold back the cash. Hold back the cash, brother. Because I took a moment to be magnanimous. I took a moment to be like, you know what, dude? You're here. You sure not. Title's yeah. good. What well, good's that stuff going to do you? You're definitely going to bring it in. Right? Why do you need the shit? You tell me you're going to bring it in. You just got to go to your mom's house and pick the stuff up. A little faith in humanity. A little uh, faith in humanity. He yeah. was here when he said he'd be here. You know, it was at this point that Phil knew he fucked up. Well, no, it was three weeks later when I hadn't fucking heard a word from the motherfucker. And now I can use the term motherfucker because I'm about to read you the text exchange oh, between these wait. two individuals. I can't wait. See what our podcast listeners like to call inside baseball. I sent him a message that said something real simple like, I need to get the other parts for this Ducati. Turn signal, rear fender, etc. so I can make it legal to sell. Reasonable request. Okay, I'm on the road working. I'll look through my bins when I get home. Wait, I thought they were already in a... It's okay. Hang on, guys. It gets worse. going to unfold. It gets worse. Four days later, I write back to him. I've got a guy that wants to buy this bike, but he needs the turn signals as well as some of the other parts you promised. What do I have to do to make this happen? Should I have held back cash on the initial deal to encourage you to bring the parts you promised? Send. Yes. He says, I'm not trying to blow you off. I've just been insanely busy. My spares are at my ex-wife's house. Which is obviously a tricky situation. Part out the $2,000 in aftermarket goods and use a portion of it for the OEM turn signals. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. That's what you're... You just told me to part out? It's your job to... Hold on. Cover the... Oh, wait, there's more. There's more. There's more. <laughs> then he writes, and by the way, a while later he writes, Yes, I did promise you those parts in good faith. I didn't realize they'd be such a chore to deliver. Things happen. And I wrote back, Yes, things do happen, but living up to our promises is what defines our character. I shouldn't have to scavenge pieces off of this bike and sell them on eBay just to put this in sellable condition. When can I expect to receive the parts you promised? I fully intend to put a rear fender on this bike and at least make it street legal. If you can't give me the parts you promised, you can give me their cash value. He writes back, Look, I'm not in a position to do that. And my character isn't defined by hitting a patch of hard luck. (laughs) I never lied to anyone. Furthermore, you lowballed me by $250, and I had no choice but to accept. You're already passive-aggressively suggesting I'm dishonest when the truth is things happen and we don't always have control of them. I was confident I was confident that I had the parts or could get them without hassle, and I was wrong. If and when the parts are in hand, I'll deliver them immediately or buy them on eBay, and I'll reimburse you when I can. I just don't need this BS after losing my family and burying my best friend. I wish my biggest problems in life were a plastic fender. That'd be just great. Fucking. I respond. <laughs> you set and or agreed to these terms. 
He writes back, Yes, I did. You can either send me the bill and I'll take care of it, or I can help you find the parts for you. I have several relationships I have several relationships with duck cutters. I just don't need anyone questioning my morality over something so petty. What's a duck what cutter? What the fuck is a duck cutter? Somebody who breaks apart Ducatis. A Ducati salvager. Which, again, I don't even know if that's a thing. I'd like to think I've been motorcycles for at least Shoot, the past man, 40 that was years like a of my life. Mafia thing or something. Yeah, I know. Excited. I thought he was threatening you. No, I, I, thought, it was yeah, a, the, I thought it was a teenager who's pot. Daddy didn't give him enough hugs. So he's been cutting himself. Uh, okay, so hold on, guys. I have several relationships with duck cutters. I just don't need anyone questioning my morality over something so petty. Sign of the times. Nothing is off limits when it comes from behind a screen. That's oh, what he said to me. Oh. I definitely owe you a bar end turn signal. That was an oversight on my part. And I put out the word I'm looking for the rear tail assembly with light, tail light, and turn signals. I wrote, you promised me a rapid delivery of a box of OEM parts that you just had to get from your warehouse. There were witnesses, and I did write it down on your sales order. And he writes back, well, shit happens, bub. Wow. Okay, now you guys, no, the, the fucking the bub word. I can't fucking believe. I'm surprised you guys will have that many exchanges and not start swearing at each other. Well, okay, that's true. It could have been. Like, that's why Phil is in the business and we aren't. So, right there. I'm gonna tell you that in one conversation, he goes from admitting that he completely did owe me an entire box of parts to telling me that oh, fuck he off. does owe me a turn signal. He literally tells me. I do owe you a turn signal. He, and his, in his own words, he went from owing me a, a box of parts that were either in his basement, in his mom's house, or in his ex's house. The man lies three times in a chain of text that's 12, chains, 12, 12 links long. Yeah, and then he talks about how his friends die, his mom dies, the, the shit that he refuses to take responsibility. Right. And then he says that, you know, the shit that happens to us doesn't define us. And it's right. like nothing fucking happened to you. You said you were going to do this and then right. you didn't do that. Yeah. That defines That's you. Crazy. You don't get to make the rules yeah. about how other people perceive you. Right. If I if I fucking if I kick a baby and then I tell everybody that doesn't define me. Right. I don't get to decide that. Everybody who watched me kick a baby gets to decide how that reflects on my character. And your character is the absolutely baby, defined by the things you do and the things you say. That defines your character. I have fucked over people in my life and have so sorely paid for fucking them over and then also gone back and apologized profusely and bent over backwards to make it right. I've given people twice the value of the thing they got fucked over on because I felt so shitty for fucking him over. I, uh, I'm impressed with the man's character that he even fucking entertained such a thing. Because I'd have been like, fuck, I got my fucking money. Right. I'll get you your fucking parts when I get you your fucking parts. That's it. I'm not going to go back and you can email me. And I, I, I'm impressed that he's actually giving it such consideration. Well, because what we have here is one of these types of humans that doesn't feel personally responsible for his actions and loves to defend them using an electronic device. He couldn't even give you, like, an address? Like, this is where it is. Let's go see. Well, here's the good news. I've got... I've got enough of his personal information. Not hard to do anyway. Yeah. Well... Yeah. If it was something I really gave a fuck about, we could play the game and chase him down and be assholes and the whole deal, but that is... That's talking shit behind the screen. You could send your duck cutters after him. You got a motherfucking Ducati scrambler for right. a very good price. That's exactly right. But if my I can point get to is, these extra parts, the lesson is, you guys, when you're making a deal with somebody, 
and there's not the part. If there's if somebody says there's a bird in the hand and there's some bird in the bush too, you hold back cash for the bird in the bush. I don't care if somebody tells you there's a seat for this bike, there's a luggage rack, there's a windshield, there's a title. You know what? When I see those items, I will give you money. And I will hold back money until I see those items. Because in this case, I didn't do that. And because I didn't hold back money, which, by the way, was his recommendation. Because he's dealt with himself before. <laughs> he's no, he knows, he what knows kind who of you're dealing with. Is. He does know who I'm dealing with, exactly. He gave me the best advice I ever could have had, and I didn't take it. He should have said, hey, guy, uh, I'm a shady fucker. I need this money in a hurry, and I promised you something I'm probably not going to deliver on. So you should hold back some money. Well, I'm glad he's alive and he has How much money was that? What's that? Well, that's the parts I need to build the fucking rest of the bike. Didn't I'd like, to, I'd like to make the bike fucking legal again. You know. By far, though, yeah. not your biggest mistake. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but the point is there's a lesson. And the lesson is to hold back money if they're holding back parts. Yeah. Never pay full price if you're not getting the full deal. Well, in the opposite. Hold back money. Make yep. somebody pay for the extra parts. You want the bike? It's this price. Right. If you want the box of all the original price... They can be yours. They can be yours. But, but they have value. They have value. And I have done that, too. Or, yep. we, can, or we can... I could take... We could take mm -hmm. all this goodies off, mm -hmm. and we can put all this shit back on, Absolutely. and I can go sell all this on eBay for even you got more money. That's exactly right. But, I, yeah. I think, uh, Suggesting that I take parts off the bike that's parked in my showroom and uh, sell them on cool. eBay... No, that not, was, not cool. That was it's psychotic, yeah, that by the way. Um, so... Everyone yeah. wonders what a crazy seller. I mean, I get it. You know, looks you're, like your fantabulous it. little whatever you know Parcels. machined, yeah. you know, brake lever is worth more than a stock one. But right. still, who's going to go through the whole fucking pain in the ass of taking it off, selling it on eBay, and getting then going out and buying a stock one? Selling, not, it on, selling it on eBay, eBay to another disreputable fuck like yourself. The, the so you know, that's the thing too. Yeah, there's a there's a reason there's like core charges. Yeah. You take yours off, right. and then you get your money back. I like, it, exactly right. I like it much better when a box of all the shit that I need right. shows up at my shop. And yeah, that's exactly right. So really looking at it and kind of playing the game about a, being a seller, being a buyer, whatever, but that holding the money is a really good idea. Don't pay full price until the full thing is there, until you've got it all sitting right in front of you. That's a big deal for us. And as, a, as somebody who buys a lot of motorcycles and that kind of thing, yeah, and nice. don't put yourself in a position where you've got 26 text messages going back and forth over a box of mystery parts, which at this point I'm inclined to believe never fucking existed to begin with, right? So uh, don't, don't let yourself get in that position. If I would have held back 500 bucks on the deal, I'd be like, yeah. Probably have the parts on Monday. Right. And well, good point. Yeah. Given his situation. Yeah. He'd have been showing up clamoring with a box of parts. Which, yeah. Hey, can I get that extra right. five hundred? I, I need that five hundred bucks, man. He would have gone. He would have left that day. Come back with those parts if those parts existed. So hold back money if they're holding back parts, or if they're promising you that there's some part of the bike that exists that isn't there. Make sure you get that. Don't get it in writing. Get it in cash. Uh, that's a oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big deal, right? Um, that's it's something that I learned, and it's you know when I learned something in this room. I want to share it. I think every lawyer will tell you that. Don't get it in writing. Get it in yeah, cash. Get it in cash, man. That's my that's my thing, and I I kind of feel really strongly about that. I've I've had a lesson, so yeah, and that's that's it's a big deal. The uh, as we start to get ready for winter time, and people start putting bikes away for the winter, and all this stuff is happening right now in this part of the world, um, 
we're, there's a lot of weird deals walking in here because it's winter and guys are like, yep, yeah, well, I'm not going to need this for the next six months, but I do need money. Yeah. And uh, I can pay to store it yep. or I can, you know, kick my car out of the garage. Yeah. Put my if any of you podcast listeners are thinking like, you know, I'd like to buy a motorcycle sometime in the near future. Um, the next three months are what we like oh, to yeah. call a buyer's market. And if you can't get a good deal on a bike in the wintertime, you're not trying. Even on uh, new bikes. Everything. They're literally printing money to lower yeah. interest rates right yeah. now yeah, uh, up through the second quarter of next year. Okay. So actually, like, if you're, I'm sure you noticed, Phil, your Harley stocks went up about, <laughs> they, they went up about 5%, and then they went up about 8 and a quarter percent and then they went down to 6 and a quarter percent yep. above where they right. were the previous week. Yep. So you're kind of sitting pretty right now. There, and uh, it has a lot to do with the fact that the... You can get a lot of loan for nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's real easy to get yourself, well, this is, right now, this is just a debt crisis we're seeing that's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, we're building a really nice debt crisis. At the Another moment. bubble. 84 yep. month financing mm -hmm. on new cars. 84 months uh, financing. Boat yeah, financing stupid. on cars. It's ridiculous. I could not yeah. believe I heard that. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, but, but I get like anxious yeah. thinking about other people doing You want to go out and buy a Chevy Tahoe. Yeah. It starts at $60,000. Right. Mm -hmm. So how many months are you supposed to... I mean, exactly. The average person. That's a house, yeah, motherfucker. That's a house. Yeah, that's a thirty-year mortgage. The high end so, of it is seventy-six thousand dollars for yep. a fully loaded Tahoe. Yeah, that's house money. You've been looking at least the house I live. Yeah, I'm not. Like, I'm fucking never buying a new car. <laughs> right, yeah, but all of all of us go on the manufacturer's website and see what does it cost to build whatever. So yeah, it trucks piss me off the most because a truck doesn't really cost that much more to manufacture now than it did especially in if it's not a gm made in mexico i mean a gm made in mexico is about the cheapest thing you can build yeah and like trucks trucks are super cheap yeah. super easy to build yeah. compared to unibody cars and i looked at like my f-150 mm -hmm. i have a 91 f-150 with just turned 50,000 miles on it right really really lucky to be a very early owner of that car sure, sure. uh truck sorry and I looked at the window sticker and the options on it and mm -hmm. what that truck cost, and I adjusted it for inflation. Right. And it was, like, just a hair under $20,000. And this is a 4x4 four four yeah. long bed V8 pickup yeah. truck that you could have bought in 1990 for the equivalent of under $20,000. No, that does. same truck now right. is over $30,000. Easily. Yeah. But in the same the token, I just read an article yeah, where people are yeah. talking about the used car market mm -hmm. is making car ownership unattainable for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I almost bought a brand new back car in the this day, year. And, I, and I don't really necessarily. And what really killed the used car market is mm -hmm. cash for clunkers. Cash mm -hmm. for clunkers destroyed it. That, because the people that really <laughs> had awful, shitty cars that were polluting yeah. could not afford to buy a new car, even no. if you gave them three thousand yeah, dollars. Give them as much money as you want. Pass me another round, me. The realistically, like what would have worked if people that had like real degrees instead of like you know. Like complete bullshit political yeah, well, science degrees. Not I mean, not saying poli sci degrees are complete bullshit, no. but you shouldn't be making these kind of decisions. Anybody that would have had any sort of like any degree or understanding of like city planning or civil engineering or anything would have thought, well, what we do is we give them, you know, the the, the middle class people, the lower middle class people, thirty five hundred bucks for their fifteen year old cars, and then we take those cars, and then the people that have like complete shit boxes that are totally unsafe and totally awful gross polluters we trade those cars for those cars but, and everybody moves up but instead we lost like McElfresh said 20 years of really good cars but I would also argue is that people have zero savings oh, yeah. that I went out and tried to sell a 60 some thousand mile Saturn 
exactly. for twenty five hundred. Hilarious for twenty five hundred dollars. You're literally charging Chinese scooters prices for uh, a car with four doors, air conditioning, for a brand new car that runs great no, sure and has. It, let's just be conservative. Not my favorite. Story. It has sixty thousand miles left in it. I thought right. that it would have been fairly easy. That no I shit. Mm -hmm. No, it wouldn't have been like I didn't think I was asking too much. No. I got chickens. There were crickets yeah. chirping. Oh, yeah. Nobody was interested in it. Eventually, one or two, one person trickled in, yeah. and I eventually sold it for the princely sum of $2,000. That's crazy. And it, was, and it was like pulling teeth to sell it even for that. Right. And I'm thinking, well, like, what the fuck are people then buying for less than $2,000? Mm -hmm. They're not. But they're it's not. not. They're buying a they're, 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 That's exactly it. Right. Nobody it's has... Nobody has $2,000 in their pocket to buy the used car. That's what I've learned around here. But they can go out and buy a $100 a month lease car. 169 a month, they got. And that's what they're doing. $3,000 so, cash, they don't. So I was very, very close to buying a brand new car this year. And it was something I said I would never. Yeah. What's that? I'm happy you stopped I'm stopped happy yourself. I stopped myself. <laughs> but the reason I was looking at a brand new car is because I wanted a World Rally Blue Subaru WRX with a stick. And if you want a WRX, it's going to be beaten on by, you know, some 20-something guy that looks a lot like me. Especially, especially... I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It, especially if it's World Rally Blue. Unlike most Harley people, I have some degree of self-awareness, so don't feel bad. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's you World... you put on your Elmer Fudd hunting hat and go out and search for was wascoey wabbits and find the one that's not. Because But no, here's the thing, though. Resale value. Yeah. That's what's killing the used car market, too, because the resale value on the older Subarus was so high mm -hmm. that when I looked at it, right. in terms of how much I'd be willing to put down, because people don't put anything down on cars. No. And I was planning on putting down a pretty substantial down payment mm -hmm. so that I would that always be ahead yeah. of what I thought was depreciation. So that if in two years an STI comes out and I'm in a little bit better place and I'm like, I have to have that. Your loan is I'm more not, important to the dealership than the sale is. Yeah, I'm not yeah. rolling negative equity in, which again mm -hmm. is not how anybody thinks. Right. I was looking at used cars. Yeah. The difference in price coupled with the difference in interest rate, yeah. it would cost me the same or more money yeah. to buy the used one sure. over 48 months or however sure. long I was planning on doing it. It was ridiculous. The, the difference in price. 77 months. Hmm? 97 months. 147 months. I remember the first time I saw, like, I was, in a, Harley, I was in a Harley dealership, like, mm. six years ago. And I was just looking at, and, and you could do like 84-month financing on Harley. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yep. And now well, it's like, that's the norm on cars. Is I buy motorcycles every day. And if you think, you want to have a good laugh, go to KBB and see what KBB says your bike is worth. Mm -hmm. You will be, well, one, you're going to write that number down. And you're going to think your bike is worth that. And then go talk to a dealer or Black Book, or maybe Nada, and then see what your bike's worth. Because you're going to find that there's about a 35% variance between those two numbers. And right now the market is so screwed up. It is truly the days of buying. The, the buyer has so much power right now. Because over $10,000, yeah, those are all being financed. If you want to sell a bike cash for cash money, money it's got to be under 5K. If your oh. bike is a penny over 5K, under realistically under three. Right. Yeah. Um, if your bike is in the no man's land between $3,000 and $10,000, it's never going to sell. It's just never going to fucking sell. 
I'm with you in that under yep. five cash. Mm-hmm. And that's really the market right now. I think it's under five cash probably on a car and yep. probably under three cash on a bike, realistically. I think you know it, just because of the financed? climate we live in. Do you know who looks to get financed in my shop on bikes that are around $5,000? People Everyone. with a 400 credit score. Oh, no. That's who's looking to get financed. Yeah. We write a lot of credit apps around here, and I'm getting pretty good at sniffing them out. And if you've got to ask me for a credit app on a $5,000 bike, this is about to be hilarious because I'm going to find out things about you that you don't want me to know when you fill out that credit app. And it is... It's hilarious because we live in a world right now with all these different credit karma companies and all that different stuff where most people know what their credit score is. And even if you don't use those predatory companies that you pay money for to find out what your credit score is, um, you probably at least are in tune with what your credit score is via the bank or the federal you know, system where you can find out a couple of times a year what your credit score is. When I have somebody comes in here and says, I have no idea what my credit score is, um, yeah, uh, sure, we can fill out that credit app for you. I mean, my... But there's going to be a $30 processing fee. <laughs> one of my one of my credit cards sends me my credit score every yeah, month. Yeah, of course. Go ahead, John. Oh, okay, so I have a little bit of experience you in do, credit yeah. collections. I was a credit analyst for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you some tips on your credit. Yeah. First of all, you can always get your credit at least once a year right. for free. For free. Just yeah. write them a letter. Right. And then one of the things that they will send you back right. once you request that is the forms to dispute your credit. So anything you have that's already been paid off or so pay off some shit, you dispute everything. everything. Okay. If they don't respond within thirty days, it goes away. Good point. So, Excellent point. So, Holy shit. So it goes away. You know they're not gonna respond so within when, thirty days. Yeah. You know, when I was younger and I got lucky and I came into some money and I went and I called two of my credit card companies one I owed like three grand, the other one I owed like five grand. Yeah. I paid one about twelve hundred bucks and the other one I paid uh, maybe fifteen hundred when I got some inheritance mm-hmm. money. I, I happened. I lucked out. I got some money. I called him up and I told him I lost my fucking job. You're getting one payment from me. What's it going to take to say? Let's shut this fucker out. They're like, we will take this number of dollars. Buy me out. I, I can do that. So I took. I had two profit loss write offs on my mm-hmm. credit. Yeah. And within thirty days after those went away, mm-hmm. I went. And I made them just go away completely. They just went away forever. Just because I just went and sent a letter. And when they went and pulled my account up and saw that I owed them zero dollars, they said, fuck this. You're not going to pursue it. We you don't, don't need to pursue this. So that's one thing. The other thing is asymmetric financing. Yeah. Don't go through any big company. Don't go through, don't go through, yeah. uh, you know, what is it, uh, you know, uh, the, what's the biggest one that's going Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Go through All Saints Credit Union. That is mm-hmm. the credit union that I go through was yeah. Peggy's Church's Credit Union. Okay. Where if you deposit five hundred dollars with right. them and let it season a little bit, you can have you can go and apply for credit with them. Oh, absolutely. You can buy a car. I bought cars with them. I use Guess Ohio what? Educators Credit Union. Yeah. It it Remember might not even that. show up on your credit bureau if you don't want it to. Right. You can ask them to, mm-hmm. but you could actually not even show up on your credit bureau that you're buying a car. Right. Or if you tell them, hey, report, right. they'll report that you've oh, made yeah. every payment on time. Yeah. And they give you excellent, they're only charging a fraction above of a prime. Mm-hmm. They're giving you the best rates. I mean, like some of the rates that I've gotten through All Saints Credit Bureau buying my cars yeah. has been the best, you'll get it better than anything. And they were willing, my, and I don't know, my credit's really good. Yeah. But I, I suspect if you if you work on your credit and you get it at least decent, mm-hmm. they'll finance anything. Yes, they will. Yeah. So if you want to buy yeah. a five thousand dollar motorcycle, yeah. as long as your credit works out good, yep. 
and the guy's willing to come in and give them the title, they'll That's do right. the whole deal, and they will finance a 1979 CB750 for $5,000. One of our podcast listeners is financing a Nissan POW. One, you know my little blue yeah. Nissan POW that I drive around, the lowered one that makes little cool, cool sounds and stuff, um, the soft top? One of our podcast listeners is buying that from me. Um, they came back from Japan, and his wife said, I got to have it. I gotta have one, and I really didn't want to sell it. I, it's not a car I've been actively trying to sell. I sold a bunch of the other ones, but the five-speed with the soft top is a desirable rig. And I was like, "Well, okay, no problem. Send me a deposit. That's cool." He's financing it through USAA. He's a veteran. Yeah. Now, what company in the fucking world lets you finance a twenty-seven-year-old Japanese car? And it's it's kind of funny because you'd think that more banks would be. Because yeah. I'm I'm a member of a credit union. My mom was a teacher, yeah. and through the school system, they have a really great credit union. And like every car I've bought, every old car that I was buying in my 20s when I didn't have $2,000 laying around, mm -hmm. or you know, I'd have $1,000 laying around, and I'd want that left over to take care of whatever the previous owner didn't tell me about. Good man. Yeah. Um, I'd walk in, and it would just be. I remember I had the conversation once with the loan officer that's been there yeah. since I've been a kid. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I was like, I know it's not like financing a new car, but the right. thing is, is that if you write me this loan yeah. and I never make a payment, yeah. you come pick up the car and you auction it off or you sell it yeah. and you don't lose a dime because it's done depreciating. That's it's right. never getting any cheaper than this. <laughs> That's why I'm buying it. Yeah. And, I, the bottom. and I financed, <laughs> let me go through. So my, I was 15 and a half, so my parents co-signed right. on the Jeep. I had a Jeep, but then yeah. I got an 88 RX-7. Mm -hmm. I got an 86 Cutlass Supreme. Right. My Mustang, my Cobra. Well, never, never my get, 911. Yeah. Never get your financing at the dealership, dude. Don't you? Yeah. Don't use third-party financing. If you have a checking account, that's where you should get financed. If you have a checking account at the bank that you've had for 15 years, they know you, motherfucker. They and know where you live. They know your balance. That's called a first-party loan. Yeah. And uh, IKEA Sorrento is. Mm -hmm. Through All Saints Credit. Right. I, I bought it from a dealership. Exactly. They mailed the title to yeah. them. We do it every day here. And it's yeah. it's not a problem. When, yeah. uh, when I was that? when I was sick, when I was in my uh, early twenties and I was sick and I like missed uh I missed like I think I missed two payments. Mm -hmm. And they called me and said, We don't want to like report this. Right. Can you do it? Can we work on, on it with some like I, I was said, I was almost like ninety days out. Yeah, this the credit union because they knew me. It's yeah. a lot harder to, to app somebody over they're when it's like They're not reporting. Somebody, they're, they're not reporting. They're not reporting. Yeah, so they're like, we, we want to, yeah, you know, we want to do, and, and like I, yeah, I went and I made the yeah. payment. It was just, mm -hmm. I was like. If you don't have a bunch of cash in your pocket, take 200 bucks, go down, open an account in the credit union, and it doesn't take long, by the way, because I bought a couple of things. Motorcycles generally finance at 9.9%. It's just like an RV. It's an RV, it's a boat, it's a motorcycle. These things all finance at around 9.9%. My credit union sends me letters all the time for 3.9% to buy a used motorcycle. So that's why credit unions are fun to be a part of and because your money is actually staying inside that credit union and it is giving you some interest. I do laugh when I get my statements and see that other, it actually three cents. Some Exactly. <laughs> but oh, you know what? I... You haven't been able to get interest on a checking account in how long, right? I've never had any credit mm -hmm. union loan and I've talked to friends because I've encouraged my friends yeah. to do this and uh, 
Like, I started, I'm, I'm not, like, smart like you. I did that, like, when I was a kid because, yeah. like, that was the only person that would write me alone on a 1988 RX-7. Right? I'm not the smart one. My wife is the smart one. Fair She's enough. She's the one who turned me on. But I've never, this? <laughs> I've never had a loan, and I've talked to my friends about yeah. it, and they've never had a loan where they uh, hit you with a prepayment penalty. So, like, let's say you come into a lot of money and you want to clear yeah. up. You don't yeah. want to, I don't want to make payments. Like, right. when I was, um, so... I had, for when I was sick, I had a bunch of medical debt, right? and I rolled all of that into mm. my, I, I got my 911 almost paid off, and I rolled all that medical debt into a 30-year-old car, which they <laughs> had fine taken as collateral, because right. like, the car had appreciated sure. three times its yeah. original value yeah. since I bought it. You had something that could appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. So I just used that as collateral, and I rolled and all the debt And be careful with buying yeah. motorcycles, that de- or cars at dealerships, but motorcycles in particular, because... 90% of the time, when you're looking at a motorcycle at a dealership, and this is coming from a guy who's run one for the past 20 years, when you look at this promotion of this idea of $69 a month, especially if it's saying like $69 a month and no money down, the loan you're writing, when you get that contract and you take a look at it, spend five minutes to drill through that son of a bitch. Because I'm going to bet you that the $59.99 motorcycle that you just bought it's going to cost you $79.99 by the time you technically own it six or seven years from now. And if you want to have a come-to-Jesus moment, take a look at what that motorcycle is worth on the open market as a five-year-old vehicle with depreciation. What you're going to see is that that $59.99 motorcycle is going to be worth about $1,299. You will have spent $79.99 on a motorcycle that has a value at the time of ownership of about $1,299. You will be paying interest on something for over four years past the point at which it should, would, and could have been paid off. And if you want to pay it off early, the bank is going to hit you with prepayment penalties to the point that they get their money out of you one way or the other. Dealerships, 90% of the dealerships I know don't use Sheffield Financial. Sheffield Financial is the only company I know about that use it that gives you motorcycle financing without early penalties or payments for early penalty payment. Uh, there's a sentence in there somewhere. We'll get to it. But we've been using Sheffield for about 17 years, and they are very cool about letting the customer pay the account off early. However, in all the other companies we've dealt with, the customer is on the hook for the entire principal and the interest on that out to 36, 48 months or whatever it is regardless of when they pay the loan off. And they even fuck you harder because they'll send you these things that are like, hey, I'm going to send you a coupon. You can officially take a month off. It just goes back onto the other end. Yeah, it goes onto the other end with more interest. And there's a big difference between 36, 48, Absolutely. and 60 months. Absolutely. I usually do 36. It doesn't, it's, yeah. It seems a little harder because yeah. it's going to push you over that $300 a month threshold mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But you're going to get you're going to pay so much less. Right. Just paying a little bit more per month, yeah. as opposed to push, spreading it out over five the, years. The less time, you know, you can't be upside down on something you own. It doesn't matter if, if you walk into a dealership and you buy a bike seven thousand dollars cash, right? And your, you know, and tomorrow, like that company goes out of business mm-hmm. and that bike is effectively worthless. Yep. It's not worthless because you own it outright, but and you, you can't do whatever sell it. you want to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't sell it. Well, I used to you, think it was, but if you if you finance a bike yeah. for forty eight months. And after, you know, that bike takes its, like, big depreciation mm-hmm. hit, you know, when you're minimize, when you're lowering your term, you're lowering the amount of time that you're, basically, you're pretty much always upside down on a bike, right? I got a guy right now who's trading a bike into us, 
it's a really sweet deal. He's trading a bike in Dustin. He's buying a brand new bike. And he's, uh, he's the kind of guy that likes to have a new bike every two years. Based on the depreciation of his existing bike and the price of the bike he wants to buy and the price and the payments he's made for the past two years on his bike, he is going to have to write a check to the company that loaned him money for $3,000 just so he can sell his bike to me to buy the new one. So in addition to the $230 a month payment he's been making for the past two years, he's also going to come out of pocket $3,000 for the privilege of being able to sell his bike to me and buy the new one. Okay? And that's logical to him. It's logical to him. Had he taken just the money, because he's coming out $3,000 right now to buy himself out of this loan that he's upside down on, yeah, Vehicles depreciate faster than you can pay them off. Guess what? I don't care. The fastest part of your motorcycle is the payment book. There is nothing about that machine that can keep up with its depreciation. It is a really, really awkward place to be in as a seller to have somebody in here who you've taken the time to talk to and spend two hours with and test drive and everything else and then say, all right, let's write this deal. And then he's like, yeah, you're going to take my Harley Davidson, you know, my 2013 Harley Davidson on trade? Yes, I am. Absolutely. Bring that thing in. Let's write it up. And then you find out that his bike that he thinks is worth 11000 and Nada thinks is worth 6000 and he owes 13000 on it. He thought he was only 2000 underground. It turns out he's more like 7000 underground because nobody will buy that bike for what he even owes or comes close to. It's going to cost him 5 grand just to get out from under this fucking you, thing. You can't be you can't be upside down on something you own outright. And when you have neg negative equity, the only thing you can fucking do and what I've heard people tell me is, look, sell me something that you can hide this negative equity in. And I'm like, well, yeah, the house? What? Where am I going to hide $6,000 of negative equity? It's a lot easier to do in a car than a bike. Of course, and that's you, you have to be careful in the car market for that, too. Because that, well, there's all shit, kinds that, of that yeah, shit going on. That shit goes on every single day. So believe me, um, Renee, who's here all the time, would tell you, don't buy a luxury or fun item if you can't buy it cash. I've heard that before. Right. And that's you one of those things. More. It's a Ramsey thing. It's, you know, it's a David Ramsey thing, but more importantly... Why would you be making monthly payments on something you can ride six months out of the year? I had a guy that I worked with who yeah. went out and bought a brand new King Ranch Dodge <laughs> for, to the tune of $54,000. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And I said, I'm afraid to ask, but how much is your payment per month? Right. And he said, $950. Damn it, son. Damn it. And I'm like, how many years? He said, five years. Five years. And I said, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. He said, yes, but understand this. I'm going to work a shit ton of overtime. Yeah. The next five years are going to suck for me mm -hmm. financially. Yep. But after five years, right. that truck's still going to be worth $30,000. No, it's not. It's going to be a rusty piece of shit because it's a Dodge in Cleveland. Well. <laughs> and five years is a lot of life to give up. Yeah, you'd better have fluid film that son of a bitch hard. Yeah. I don't think I that, have, like, I love You'd cars. be surprised yeah. what a five-year-old Dodge King Ranch to no, give up five yeah. years of my life. It's ridiculous. That one. That was a cheesy one. And I would never do such a thing, but there was some point to the fact that, yes, you're going to make a ridiculous payment for five years, 
And as long as you plan on keeping it, you're still going to have right. a $20,000 truck at the end of, once you've got it all paid off. I can, uh, you know I can, the most, as a, you know what the scariest part of a Twister is to watch as an adult? He's got that brand new red Dodge pickup truck, and he says he's got liability only insurance right. on it. Mm. Right. You can't do that. Yeah. No, the, the have load company. Well, if you go back then, you could have bought that truck cash. Mm. Back then, maybe. But yeah, in 96, you probably could have bought that truck for it like is, 25 grand. When you're purchasing, I've been doing this for a while now. At, at, at 50 years old, the newest car in my driveway is my wife's Hyundai. With a five-speed manual because they they can't sell five-speed manuals, right? Yeah. So we bought it at the price of a five-year-old used car when it was a two-year-old, you know, used Hyundai. Uh, that's our newest vehicle. My newest truck is a 2008, and it's because I don't like buying things and watching my money just disappear. And with motorcycles, especially with motorcycles, there haven't been that many leaps and bounds in technology. Uh, uh, five-year-old bikes are pretty fucking amazing. Uh, $25,000 Ducati Multistrada I've got on my floor right now for $10,000. It still does all the things it did when it cost $25,000. The difference, it has 17,000 miles on it now. Who gives a shit? That's nothing. And it still runs perfectly. Um, that's one of those things like there are $20,000 BMW out there that it's now four years old so because it's four years old instead of being a twenty thousand dollar bmw it's a ten thousand dollar bmw so there's a lot of opportunities to get a lot of things for very little money in the motorcycle industry i'm going to be very excited in five years to buy that 2020 goldwing you know because it's perfect it's the best bike in the world but it's not the best bike in the world for me today. I can't wait to buy the Jeep Africa Twins. Right, the Jeep Africa Twins. I got a buddy who barely yeah. fucking rides his. Yep. I can smell it. Cheap. He's, he's going to end up fucking That's turning right. it into his buddy. Oh, he's going to buy another Simba. I'm he's going to totally sell you an Africa Twin for 7,000 miles on it. <laughs> I want to be the youngest guy on my block to ride a brand new Goldwing. Four years from now. Please, five do, years from now. Do you think 7,000 miles is not riding it? I'm t- no, I think that's fine. I got a, I He's got a buddy who went out and bought a brand new no. Goldwing. I'm just and, like, wondering if like you it. think 7,000 Kevin's, le- Kevin's leaving right now, but he's pissed off because he has no motorcycles at the moment. And he's, <laughs> and he's surrounded by a room of motorcycles. Here, trade keys. Come on, this is fair. He is seriously. Kevin is so pissed off right now. He is so pissed off that he doesn't have a motorcycle and he's sitting around 100 motorcycles. You're yeah. like two weeks away from not giving a shit for like several months. Yeah. No, because knowing that there's something in the garage is still better just than not having that. I'm just trying to be a good friend and make it feel better. At least you agree. want it like 4% interest. I just can't believe you <laughs> don't true. have a motorcycle right now. I'm trying to pick up uh, the old SV that I had before I sold it to buddies, yeah. brothers, buddies. Yeah. So I'm trying to work that, You're trying to work that deal? back into the No, go get, a S- go get a fuel-injected SV. I can tell you there's nothing. yours was carbureted. It was. Yeah, get an SV. Get a, get a fuel-injected There's SV. nothing You'll more valuable in motorcycle dealing than yeah. patience. Hey, I got a bad news for you guys. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the federal government, um, AMA, just lost their, uh, their attack against the 15% ethanol is now going to be able to come out of the same fucking hose at your, that your 87, 89, 91, and 94 come out of. So it's no longer going to be required to have the separate E85 pump over there, which means if the last douche nozzle that got gas in his, uh, whatever, eco flex fuel fucker piece of shit, if he just bought 16 gallons of E85, 
Guess what's going to be the first two and a half gallons come out of that hose that you get to pay for in your motorcycle? E85. Something that will fuck up your motorcycle. Why don't they have that, like in, in can I went to, drove to Boulder. I know. Why don't they have the high test only ethanol? I mean, Look not bad. ethanol. I'm telling you. It, this if is you a, find a gas station with the old school pumps, like I was just at one. Yeah. And had three separate pumps. Oh, right. So there's, Individuals. there's cheap shit. Right. There's mixed. Right. And then there's the good shit. Right. Three so pumps. if you get the good shit, you know you're getting the it's good shit. It's only 91. It's, well, yeah, will right. E85, will, will that first two and a half gallons, so basically your entire tank, will that hurt a fuel-injected bike? Just splash it on the ground. How about this? Yeah. Just two and a half. Right on the ground, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Look, we're being green. <laughs> I mean, at the like end that? of the day, yeah. alcohol motors. It'll hurt anything that's not designed to work on that, on exactly. that fuel. Is what I'm going to so tell you. What is what? probably okay. No, it's not. Does it's it not. say safe for E85 on a gas gun? No. What then civilized society burns their food? Again, right. Exactly. Fucking gas tank full of corn syrup. Here we are. The, uh, so but it looks that like is, I'm going to be buying more five-gallon... Jugs and more mm -hmm. new well, nozzles to fix the government mandated stupid get jugs that spill everything and go into the boat mm -hmm. dock a lot more. Often. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Right. Fucking, well, and again, so this you got is... people with like fucking liberal arts degrees and poli sci degrees making engineering decisions it's because it looks good on paper. It's mm -hmm. I'm helping, I'm doing something, I'm making the world a safer place. Now everybody mm -hmm. has to go out and buy new cars and motorcycles because we can't use the old ones that have basically completely paid off their debt to society in terms of yeah. how much pollution it caused to build those and transport those. That's been paid off for a long time. No, get the new shit. Get the new shit with the new batteries and the new steel and the new plastic and the new rubber and the new glass because I can't see the pollution, so mm -hmm. it's not happening. Yeah. Hey, you're, not, you're talking to somebody who works in Overland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. But it's true. Um, this whole thing... About buying fuel for your motorcycle, yeah, it's not even if you're driving a bike from the 70s or 80s. E85 is not meant, I, I do not know of a motorcycle that is currently designed to operate on E85. Specifically, it will damage your fucking motorcycle. And as long as is the hose is as much E85 as you're going to be getting... Despite you may have pushed 91, you may have pushed 92, you may have pushed 93 on the pump. The first however many feet of gas you're getting is going to be E85. And there was a proposal for a while that in order to prevent the distribution of E85 fuel into vehicles that were not allowed to burn it. Contamination. Gas, Let's contamination, call it contamination. Gas stations were going to forbid people from buying less than five gallons. Because the idea being that it would take five-gallon purchase of fuel to water down the first initial 12 feet of gas or what have you, that was E85, so that you couldn't buy less than five. So if you went to the gas station, you could buy 5.1 gallons of gas, but not 4.9 gallons of gas. So how is how fucked up is this for a motorcycle rider? It's a real big fucking problem. And when we look at this, it's because they are looking at bringing not just millions, but billions of more gallons of corn into our fuel supply over the next couple of years. And they've made a contract with American farmers to buy way more fucking corn. The most important question to ask is, is who was put, getting put against the wall first? 
I have no idea. Farmers? Right. I have no idea. Or, yeah. Well, you know, everybody's proud of being, oh, now we're energy, you know, we're petroleum sufficient. We don't have to buy export oil from anybody. Mm -hmm. A big part of that was the fact that we've been doing a lot of alcohol and and biofuels and stuff that has helped us be fuel independent. But at what's the cost? It takes two gallons of of ethanol to make one gallon of ethanol. What was it? It's like it takes two gallons of It takes of two gallons of ethanol to make one gallon of ethanol. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> that's I mean, frightening. It takes twice the energy to make one gallon, gallon of ethanol. That's horrifying. It doesn't make any sense it to do it. It is absolutely horrifying. And it's a waste of, it's, a, it's, it's totally against everything. You know, you have the Greta Sonbergs or whatever, that like half. I have no you know, idea. Yeah, right. You know, screaming at everybody, you are a Greta Stewart or the whatever. You know, kick her in the head. Wow. I mean, because she's an idiot. <laughs> and that's what these people are. They're idiots. Right. I, I would be a lot cooler with, like, her, like, whole thing if, like, we were the last stop on the tour of, like, China. Okay. India. Right. right. Like, yeah. you know, industrialized countries no, they that, need like, to throw her in a about. tree shredder. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm funny about this is, like, I just want to be able to have the option of buying RV gas. Like... In our market, I really do wish that I had the option of doing something other than what I've been doing, which is going to the boat dock and buying 89, I'm good, thanks, uh, buying 89 octane, you know, boat fuel. And that's really what I've been having to do for my motorcycles that are not, you know, that are younger than 10 years old. I want a Wildcat oil well, my own oil well. <laughs> and I grew up my own fresh gasoline. Oh, my God. Here's a quick story of how the, the thought process behind what they're doing, mm-hmm. okay? Um, they put me on this thing a few years ago at the co- uh, College of Oberlin. Right. They have uh, like a group of people trying to decide what to do with one 55-gallon drum of food waste from their okay from their like you know their cafeterias. Oh wait, okay. So you okay. mean they don't have any pigs? Feed it no. to, I was going to say no, feed they it to chop, pigs. You know, pigs. they chop the ends of the lettuce off. They right. do all this other stuff and whatever. So they put me on this board to decide what to do with it. And so okay. they're just trying try to decide what to do. And they're like, we want to compost it. Well, okay, then compost Well, we can't compost it. Mm-hmm. We want, I said, why don't you just grind it up and send it to me through this. You, you already have in place. Oh, wait, you don't mean like send it to you in an envelope. You mean like at the wastewater treatment at the wastewater facility. Treatment. You mean put it down the drain. Right, you have, yeah. you have grinders already. Okay. Right. You have industrial like garbage disposals. Send it to me and I'll digest it in my di- I have digesters right, and they yeah. eat the stuff and they turn it into methane and I'll convert it into rotational energy like through my cogen system or whatever. Okay, all right, yeah. Oh, we can't do that. What? So they've decided, I said, okay, then I tell you what, why don't you just give me the 55-gallon drum and have my chickens eat it? Yes. So it's simple. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, I'm one, I'm one mile down the road. Bring, <laughs> that, bring right. me that 55-gallon drum. I'll throw it in the back. I'll buy, you know, I'll just breed 10 more chickens, and they'll eat up all your waste. <laughs> okay? No. You know what they did? They hired a company from Cleveland mm-hmm. to drive a diesel <laughs> truck <laughs> from Cleveland to Oberlin burning, like, say, let's just say, right. 10 gallons of diesel fuel, right. okay, to take one 55-gallon drum of, f- of food right. a week, of food waste a week, from Cleveland to pick it up, go back to there, and dump it out, and they made probably 
point one gallons. And where do you suppose they dumped of, it in Cleveland? Well, they had a compost facility. At the end of Triscuit, yeah. 93rd or something. No, they probably like, just yeah. left the, the valve open in the back. Right, of the that's on the way back. Right, fell exactly. on the road. On one whole gallon. Yeah. Cle- recycling in Cleveland? Uh, yeah, it doesn't exist. It's single-stream waste. It's single-stream, brother. You, put your, you yeah. feel all happy, you put yeah. all your recycling... Uh, I don't care which bin you use. It yeah. all ends up in the same fucking yeah. waste. Yeah, I don't care if you use the green yeah, bin. The Oberlin waste at the yeah. Oberlin landfill. If you use the green yeah. bin, the blue bin, the bright green bin, the light green bin, or the pink bin, it doesn't matter... I can assure you. It's going in the brown bin. It's all going in the brown <laughs> bin. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what our system is, unfortunately, right now. Yeah, so I was wrong about the number, guys. I, I hate to say this, um, but it was not... Um, it, it, it was not... Um, it's six billion gallons. I'm sorry, guys. Six billion gallons? An additional six... They want six billion more gallons of ethanol in our fuel supply. Six billion, because um, our the current the current administration uh, wants to have to support our farmers wants to have year round one hundred percent E fifteen available on the pumps and wants to have one pump with four buttons, which means one pump one hose. You're going to get whatever. I'm spilling it on the ground. I don't give a shit. I'm going to tell you, man. This brings up the question, where do you buy your ethanol-free fuel? It's boat docks. I do. I do. And the only reason they did anything about it is because people were dying. Boats were exploding, Yeah, boats were blown up. Yeah, that was a real thing. That that happened. Uh, Uh, I'm not going to... Some fuckhead politics. There is a fire... uh, Go ahead. There is a boat that the city of Cleveland owns (laughs) that they legitimately have gone through two or three sets of engines yep. because they are boat engines, but they're being filled but because of the way things work. They, the, the city doesn't have a contract. They has to have a contract for everything, so they can't just pull into a marina and fill right. up with good gas. They have to get filled up by the tanker. Right. They have to come down and fill up. Well, the tanker, they have, they have a contract for a certain amount of fuel that can contain up to 10%, you know right. what I mean? They can't get right. good gas for the boat, so the boat is blowing up. And this is, this is, I'm telling you, they can't get boat gas for their boat because of some bullshit bureaucracy that's happening. Right. And they are blowing up a boat which is owned by the city, which, John, how many times has this boat failed and needed to be rebuilt? More than once. Okay. Because somebody's saying we can't put boat gas in it, we have to put pump gas in it. I only have one kind of gas that we can buy. Right. You're only allowed to buy one we kind buy of gas, gas and it's not this, boat gas. And we don't really have it. So the so website that was, is, the whole, that was the whole thing was like, okay, well, yeah. they decided that at one time a year, we were going to go buy a good batch of gas right. and put it in a tank down at the boat dock so that that was a year's supply of gas right. for that boat. So that'll we, last. Well, 89 octane boat gas does actually last a long time. It does? Yeah. 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 It was, and that was that's the solution that they're coming up there. Like, they're like... They keep blowing motors up because, right. and the other thing, the other flip side of it is these are ultra efficient Merc cruiser engines mm-hmm. that are probably tuned super, le- yeah. super lean to begin with, and if you add another ten percent of alcohol to them, it's yeah, just burning super hot. It's enough to push them over the edge. That's right. So um, the guys over at uh, West Marine is a pretty well known company when it comes to dealing with boats and fuel and things like that. They all basically say the same thing. Is if it has the word E in it, 
E10, E5, E15, whatever. It is absolutely not to be used in your watercraft, and it should never be stored for any period of time beyond 60 days, period. Phase separation will occur after 30 days, and that is where we get into our problem. Spoiled uh, milk. The uh, one half tank and water stirred yeah. up. Yeah. Well, but the then water. you take you take the water out, and the problem is your octane goes from whatever the octane was before to about eighty four. Because have you have to that. boost the octane. You got to add an octane booster, um, and this is a big, big thing with lower temperatures. With winter temperatures, you can hold one half of a percent of water, and this means for every one hundred and twenty six ounces, you're getting over a half an ounce of water. That means for every 10 gallons of gas, you're getting about 5 ounces of water in your gas tank um, after less than 30 days. So that's super duper fucked up. That experiment uh, I did, though, yeah. years ago? Oh, yeah. Seafoam uh, and what's that star? That Startron. Startron mm -hmm. will allow you to uh, hold a lot more water in your gas right. than... Without phase separation. Without phase separation. Yeah, so it's it's... Necessary to do that, but stable, do not use stable. Yeah, stable I mean, stable's garbage. We've had a lot of problems with stable here at the shop. Startron does seem to work. Um, it does give you a fighting chance on some ethanol fuel. My recommendation still to every single person who listens to the podcast is go to pure-gas.org. Pure-gas.org. You will be able to put in your... Um, your state, and you'll be able to zoom in on the state and find out the the gas stations in your area um, that do provide you with um, ethanol-free fuel. Conversely, it also lets you know just how fucked you are. It does. It really does. Because <laughs> right now in Cleveland, there's one, and it's the East 55th Street Marina. That's on North Marginal Road, and that's you have one dude if you live in the city of Cleveland, and that's they give you GPS you know, locations and everything else, that's really cool. And crowdsourcing, you can update or remove the station if that's the case. Um, the but Marathon out on 82. Mm -hmm. Strongsville. Alcohol. Yeah, Strongsville, uh, Strongsville has, uh, if you go through the listing, look at the city that you're good. interested in. I wish it did it by zone or county or something else, but it does it by name. Yeah, the Marathon on Prospect and the Marathon on Royalton Road, they both have uh, ethanol fuel, ethanol-free fuel. And these lists are super important to people that have motorcycles that they don't want to put ethanol in them. And they range in octanes between 89 and, you know. Circle K on Vine Street. Oh, there's plenty of them. Stop at Biagio's. And yeah, stop at Biagio and get some fucking killer yeah, donuts. Those are the there. best donuts. Oh, yeah. uh, also, if you want to pick up five-gallon gas jugs, mm -hmm. uh, your local Menards sells the uh, special... Uh, fillers for water jugs. You can't use them on gas cans. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? To convert about? your gas cans with the wonky fillers yeah. to be easy to fill and easy to pour. And, and spill and, less. And no longer spill free. Yeah. So, uh, and and yeah. They, they always got their 10% their uh, rebate coming mm -hmm. back to you in the form of Menards. Also, card. when you do go buy gas at these pure gas places, remember that the pure gas pump will not be out with the regular pumps. There will probably be a pump in the front that says 89, 87, 89, whatever, a multi-blender pump in the front. That is not where you're going to find that ethanol-free fuel. You have to go around back. So we see the guy, you know, huffing whippets or selling pornography. That's probably That's where, where the pump is. is or, like, next to the kerosene pump with a little short hose. 
um, that's where you're going to find the ethanol free fuel. It's not going to be coming out of the front pumps in the front of the building. I can tell you that on those marathon stations, the pumps out front, the, the blender pumps are all ethanol. It's one pump in the back that is 90 octane uh, ethanol free. And it's going to cost you about 40 cents more per gallon, but fuck it, pay it. Um, especially if you're going to put your bike up for the winter. Don't park your bike with ethanol fuel in it if you can avoid it. Well, that's 40 cents more per gallon than premium. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. true. And if you're, you're, if you're right. getting boat gas, mm -hmm. last time I got boat gas was $5 a gallon. Yeah, the Ouch. place by me is three sixty-nine a gallon, which is currently $1 over So let's consider this. Prices. Yeah. You've got your bike, or maybe you have multiple bikes. A lot of us do. Mm hmm I mean, let's take all the gas out of it. Pull the fuel line. Right. And then they were, but then the tanks And dump it in your car. And that is exactly right. We've done that, and we have a lot of customers that do that. Yeah, drain the fucker. Drain it, fog it, you know. Or fog your tank. What? Fog your tank. I fog my so, tank. Yeah. I mean, it, well, that's what you have to do, though. That's what, what you have to do. So do you, do you just run, and then once you drain the tank, do you... Run it until they're, you know, do you turn the bike on and run it until it dies? So well, in or the carbs? crack open the, yeah. the drain. It can be every really difficult has a, drain a lot of motorcycles. Oh, no, I mean, once you've already drained the tank, I'm yeah. talking about to get whatever's in the carbs, yep. whatever's in the bowl. If you look at the float bowl. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There is a little oh, drain. Yeah. There's a drain on the side. You crack that. Yep. Dribble the fuel out onto the floor. There aren't any overflows anymore. This is There's no overflows anymore. Right. If so you get into more modern bikes, you're gonna have a big problem with this. Fuel injected bikes, you're gonna have a bigger problem with this. They're not gonna. You're gonna fuel injected bikes? I wouldn't do shit. I well, just let them sit all winter well, long. Fuel Make sure the tank's totally full to the top. Yeah. Fill it to the top and let it sit all winter I long. I would pump it full of non-ethanol fuel. I'd go buy non-ethanol fuel. I'd fill my bike as full as I could fill it. I'd shut it off. I'd park it, lock it, and leave it. How long? Put it up uh, on the center stand. Put your battery on. How long can non? Let's say I get a five gallon. You know, mm -hmm. I, I go to the beginning because it's a long way to the to the marina. Yep. And I want to be green. Two hundred days. Two hundred days. So according to the West Marine. Uh, your non-ethanol fuel has a shelf life of over 200 days. That's without any additives in it. Boat I don't put any start so or anything. The reason for, we talked about it before, the reason that the American Boating Association and all these different things that are there to protect people and their toys um, have set up rules about what you can have and what you can't have in your boat. And this is a real big thing about we don't want what we're putting in the, the fuel to damage the fuel system, filling the hull of the boat up with gasoline, causing there to be a fire hazard because of the fuel you have in your in your vessel. So to do that, they've given you sort of encouragements about using the right stuff. And the first thing is shelf life. Uh, shelf life, gasoline that was put in barrels in World War II has been found to be still usable when resurrected. Go ahead. And that was right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah was what if I fill my gas tank all the way to the tippity-tippity-top, put a good high-grade piece of plastic over top of it and close the lid right. and completely seal like that sucker and mm -hmm. let as it create an oxygen-starved or zero-oxygen environment yeah. so the oxygenators and everything can't react to anything. It's yeah. just, it's basically a canned gas sure. because i've seen that too where yep. people you can actually can gas you can take you can buy a can of gas that is sealed and it will last a very long time you can yep. if it's never open and never let that's right so instead of, instead of draining having it full i mean there's no full. doubt that you have a full tank of gas you don't ever leave 
any partially drained tank of gas. So but what? Uh, what if you take? The worst is a quarter tank of gas. Yeah. Right. Well, it really is. What if? Uh, what if you take? If let's say my Z-Rex. Yep. For example, I fill that completely because it's almost it's on it's in the red now. Mm -hmm. I fill it completely with boat gas and I put stable in it. Yep. Don't and then put I leave stable it. in it. Don't, Don't put, put stable in it. No. But you can put Star Tron or put yeah. Startron yeah. in it. Put and boat really, gas what Star is doing and leave it over the winter and it'll be fine on the inside of my tank rod. And didn't we say that what Startron is actually doing is putting a film over top of the gas so that it makes an almost an oxygen barrier. Yeah, so, so it, it's just putting a slick on top of your gas so that it doesn't react with yeah. the oxygen. So that's um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to fill all of my bikes up with uh, with boat gas. Tippity tippity top. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm like going to tell it, you that sit it on the center, have Beth hold it straight up, <laughs> so I can fill it to the top. And I don't think you need to worry about. But it if you can turn your, but also if you can turn your petcock off and run it dry, you can't. Fuel injected bike. He can't do it. Yeah. So no, yeah. not not the Z Rex. The Z Rex oh. carbureted. Oh, the carbureted bike. Yeah, yeah. The carbureted. Use yeah. Phil's technique too by using a pair of channel locks yep. and pinching off your Pinch fuel, fuel line. line and run, if you run. don't have a fuel tap, you do have a pet of you do have a set of ice grips, and you're not going to harm the fuel line, especially if you put like a little rubber or tape or something on the jaws of your players to pinch a line. And if you need to shut off a fuel line and you don't have a fuel tap for it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with using a small pair of ice grips, a dollar store quality level pair of ice grips to create a fuel valve. Four steps. You yep. can buy four, four steps, steps all day cheap. long. Yeah. For... Right. And the idea being is running it dry and then pulling your airbox or opening the door on your airbox and fogging it and hitting the button is going to draw that WD-40 or whatever it is you fog with into your throttle bodies or into your carburetors. And that concept of that is basically just to put something that is at least an inert substance or an oil of some sort or a petroleum product of some sort that isn't going to oxidize your fragile pot metal throttle bodies, you know, or your carburetors. Um, these things are alloys and they're extremely susceptible to any oxidation. Pudding. Yeah, and what we've seen has just so gotten so bad over the past 10 years it, it's gotten awful, and it's cry, it's a crime because you're like, I would really like to rebuild this carburetor. It's hold, I'm holding it in my hand. I have the tools. I have the technology. I have the experience. I can rebuild this fucking thing, except for the fact that it's oxidized so badly that the passageways aren't shaped the way they're supposed to be shaped, and the jet holders aren't working the way they should be, and there's contamination in the passageways because of stalactites and stalagmites inside of there that don't let shit get through. I remember so you, the... you take the carb and you throw it as far as you can. The green buddy, like yeah. the carburetor was fine, but yeah. when, we took a, when we took the bowl off, yeah. it was green. It was <laughs> Kawasaki candy lime green inside awful. the carb. And then, and then brass, you, the, you have yeah. brass jets, and when yeah. they corrode, when they they corrode. it's green. Oh, no, that I think it's, no, it was like it was in the bottom the of the bowl, like yeah. stuck in there. That for, bike had sat the, uh, for seven months, people. Yeah, seven whole yeah, yeah. fucking months. And and there it, wasn't are, like, it wasn't like the green of the And it doesn't grass. seem, and it does seem like there are enzymes or something that will grow in fucking rinds and fuel. Seven months, No, I think that was like ethanol fuel. We could document, we know the day that bike ran last we know the day it ran last and we know the day that we took it to mid-ohio and tried to start it there were seven months in between there and if you want to see how bad it is you guys held that fucking carburetor in your hand that's seven months people it's 84 goldwyn the guy that had it before me parked it on its center stand <laughs> so the water mm -hmm. 
was at a certain level yeah. in the the lower cars, yeah. not the upper cars, but the lower cars. Lower cars, yeah. And the lower cars were shot. Oh yeah, the, the, when the fuel sits in a carburetor, like you said, side stand bike, side stand bike, BMWs, that BMW we had in here the for ages, the R50, <laughs> the left carb was ruined. The right carb looked great. The left cylinder was ruined. It looked like it had been underwater. The right cylinder was great. And that's exactly an example. If you're going to store it, you got to store it on the center stand. But I don't, for all of us who put bikes away for the winter, there's all this voodoo. But really what it comes down to is, man, you got to think about it. If you live somewhere it's cold, you're going to have condensation. You're going to have condensation, that's enough water already. I put a ceiling fan in my garage. Again, anything you do to keep the air moving is probably the best thing in the world. With a dehumidifier in there, maybe? No, but the cold air. Right. And the, the cold air is, is pretty dry. What you don't want to yeah. do is, on those days when it like, starts warming mm-hmm. up, you don't want to open your garage because then all that like that yeah. condensate just rushes in. And then More moist air is, into your icebox garage. Right. Is that, no, the never want to open, thing is yeah. that. But mm-hmm. then the other thing is, the worst is if you have a car in with your motorcycles. Yep. So then the wifey poo brings her car mm-hmm. that's warm, that let, gives off and vapor. covered with salt. And, it, that, and it's covered with salt, and then mm-hmm. it all condenses on your ice-cold bike. Exactly. My problem is, is I have the garage door, yep. and then the man door, right. which is like this weird bump out that's about oh, yeah. seven feet of space where all the bikes go. Yep. And unfortunately, that is right where I, I walk in, open the man door, all the chicken feed, all their oh, straw God, and everything. Yeah. You know, that I keep in a cooler to mm-hmm. go put in there. So I have to get in there every single oh, yeah. day. No, you got to wrap your bikes, man. Yeah. That's all you can do. You got to wrap or, them. Like, can you run like a like a ceiling fan, like you said, or a dehumidifier? Or what you can do fan? for about 200 bucks, <laughs> what I did, uh-huh. was you can buy about 50 feet of gas line yeah. and run it from your house to your garage. It's yeah. the orange shit. Run it out to your garage. And then for another 100 bucks, you can buy an overhead <laughs> Resner. On a fucking <laughs> kind of thermostat. <laughs> and you can fire that bitch up, and you will heat your garage. Mm-hmm. And anytime you think your shit's getting a little condensation, you can just turn that thing on. Yeah, and within one. five minutes, your garage, will go, your, your garage will go from zero degrees to 70. With any overhead resonator that you can buy off of Craigslist for about yeah. 100 bucks. Nice. And that is the best move I ever made. Yeah, it's yeah. a really tough thing storing motorcycles in particular. The best thing I can tell anybody is if if you live in an apartment building or you live in a garage and there's going to be a lot of people accessing your via, uh, accessing the area around you, there's going to be a lot of temperature changes, you are in a very, very hostile environment for, for a motorcycle. So the best thing that you can do is you can spray WD-40 or fluid film, which you can buy in small cans, Spray that, that film really works. It then. does. Spray it all over the exterior of the motorcycle. Do everything you can to get it coated. If you can't get a battery device like an Optimate or something to the battery that's going to be put on the battery and kept on the battery all season, if you do want to think that you might want to ride the bike two or three times during the winter, um, then get the fucking battery out of there and get it in the house mm-hmm. and throw you it on an Optimate. Put the wire on so you can switch your tender like what I do is I put yeah. the, leads the leads on all on. the batteries yeah. and then I can... I can I you can move, move one battery tender. I have six five tenders. And but moving I, your tender is a great idea because yeah. unplugging it and plugging it back in resets it. Uh-huh. And you and, and I guarantee you, if you unplug it and plug mm-hmm. it back in, it's going to set it back into a charge you cycle. Got it. it works fine. 
But getting some something on there, getting a WD-40 on there, or getting a fluid film on there, or coil, or whatever it is you use, whatever your particular fetish is, use that shit, get it on there, and then get something on the bike. But hey, wait, that's another podcast. We're it not is. talking about winterizing bikes yet. Not yet. I, I do want to ask yeah. one more question, one more very specific question, because yeah. you mentioned something about... That's like, like mid-November or something. Sure. I was thinking later. of putting the, uh, the Z-Rex up on a... Um, on like a pit stand mm -hmm. to keep the tires elevated. Yep. But you guys were saying it's better on its side because it's no, you don't no, no. want it on its side. You Never on its side. You want, you want it, it on a center vertical. stand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Vertical. Vertical is key for everything. I don't care what water will go to yeah. The, yeah. the lowest point. It's better for anybody. I've never met a bike in my life that it's better for it to be any kind of a lean than vertical. Vertical is always optimal for long-term storage, no matter what it is. Um, we are going to go, it will go into a podcast in the future with like a lot of tips for good storage. It's real easy to slide into it because it is a little chilly out, but we still got a lot of riding to do. Would you like to do the Winterizing Bikes podcast at my house or on the fire and in the basement bar? We'll see. And I'll buy yeah. all the booze. That's not a bad we idea. And we can live winterize a bike. Not the worst idea at And all. then there's a Chinese buffet up the street that I've never tried, so we can all get sick together. <laughs> You're waiting. This, you can come in and enforce. But, I mean, I, I have a full, I have a full service wet bar with a bathroom in my basement. So. And I, I could provide transportation with the high ace. You know, that could be a we lot could of do fun. A, we could do a crackle cast at my house, That's too. true. We have a lot of opportunities yeah, for Yeah, we should travel cast. more as yeah, it gets, like, you know, as it gets colder. As it gets autumnal. Yes, exactly. We could do more. Um, heated grips, guys. Uh, i got to say, right now, uh, there's a Can't company out there called Coso. And Coso just came out with a new heated grip that um, has five power settings. It doesn't have a separate buzz, uh, buzz box you put on the handlebars anymore. The wiring... All goes directly into the grips themselves, and there's a little button on the grip that changes colors, oh, the really? color, color what heat level you're on. Awesome. It changes the amount of wiring to almost nothing. It reduces your wiring and the amount of shit you need to have on the handlebars. Um, the price is about 30 bucks more. You're going to be under 130 bucks retail on these, and they will... Oh, they're so nice. They're so luxurious. And the cool thing is, is the second that they detect anything under 12 volts, they shut off. So fuck your bike, fuck your wiring. Thou wilt not kill your thou, battery. Thou shalt not kill your battery. At 12 volts, they're running, and it, like if you walk away, leave the key on. I don't care. Whatever you're going to do to try to fuck your own world up, when that device detects less than 12 volts, which means even if you're running down the road and your voltage regulator is having a bad day, or your battery is having a bad day, when the grips get less than 12, they shut off. So it won't be the grips that fuck your world up. Let's put it that way. Um, I've had them now. I've installed on them a, a couple of different bikes. Koso, KOSO. KOSO. Um, you don't have to buy them from me. You can buy them from your local motorcycle shop. Support your local dealer. But KOSO has done a great job with heated grips lately, and they're very affordable. They're and based. Can you get them the longer? Like the... So you can get them in a 120 millimeter grip for you guys with normal bikes, but if you guys that need a little longer uh, piece of handle in your hand, they have them as a 130 millimeter okay. as well. They come in. Seven eighths an inch and an, I believe an inch and a quarter, some nonsense. The double fister. They come in the double fister, and they do come in uh, ATV and uh, snow sled style. So they actually have a thumb warmer. That's cool. It's like a little thing you put your thumb in. You could also use it as a cock warmer if you're that kind of a guy. If you're Irish. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you want to get your cock up by your hand, I guess. But the uh, you want to warm your cockles. You want to warm your cockles, but. These things are, that one's under 80 bucks. So the base model's under 80 bucks, but you have the ugly button thing on the dashboard or on your handlebars. The one that's uh, 129 is all internal. It's just 
you know, literally take off your old grips, add the lube, glue, slide these on, and plug it into your power supply. And you got heat on your hands. I'm ready to replace mine because they're not warm enough. Oh, they aren't? Yeah. No, they, even on the highest setting, yeah. they're good on like a day like 50. Like oh, tonight. really? But yeah. in the winter, most people complain that they're too hot. That you can't oh, no, the ones them. that I have are, are shit. Yeah, the, the, the Kosos I've got on my KLR650 um, are very fucking toasty. And uh, the BMW, the stock the BMWs, factory, the stock BMW are perfect. And you put them on high, and they're oh, they bake your they'll hands. bake your hands. Yeah, there's two positions on those: off, low, and wah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can only hold your hand grip for one. Like you, you, you feel like a lizard in the desert. You only put one foot down at a time. The uh, I drove back from the I drove back from Detroit with those, and I didn't really have the right gear. So when I left Detroit, it was around 45 degrees. And uh, and plus my blood was really thin, so I had a problem with chemical imbalance last weekend. And driving back, you know, to an E15, I was running E15. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have enough glycol in my yeah. blood, I had too much ethanol. And yeah, driving back, I was uh, I was quite chilly because I didn't bring any winter gloves. I just had my, you know, leather gloves. And man, those heated grips really saved my ass. They, they made it possible for me to ride. And it was nice as I could hold on to the grips and get my hands good and warm on high setting and then place my hands in the various different parts of my body that needed instant heat. Oh, yeah. They, so that was cool. It was balls, a really nice thing. Balls. Having heated grips is fucking cool, man. It's really neat. Uh, I do have to give part of a little thumbs up to that BMW F8, F700GS that I've been riding. Holy shit. Yeah. Detroit back to Cleveland never dropped below 90 miles an hour the whole fucking time. It's a good motorcycle. It's a really good motorcycle. Is that a Rotax engine? What's that? Is it Rotax? Yeah. Yeah. Rotax inspired BMW. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's really, really good. It's I'm very impressed by it. Um, it's more like I'm definitely starting to like it a lot more. It, but it does not. I cannot make it behave like a Versys. Like the Versys is still way like sillier and and more like ha! and there's no part of the bmw that goes ha! the bmw is just like yes we'll be doing this now like go very fast for 90 let's go 90 miles an hour for yeah. the next two and a half hours yes, i got on that bike after riding an fz09 yeah and i was like uh, <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> okay mr boring <laughs> <laughs> Not fun. after an fz09 yeah an f an f700 gs would be about the most sedate thing in the world what? yeah come on oh and you know what and even you know at cold temperatures on roads that were a little bit wet and i was just stabbing the throttle way trusting the traction control system way too much and i'm like yeah but what's funny is that bike has a completely factory seat on it and after two and a half hours it didn't hurt finally found a bike with a good factory perfect seat? factory seat wow perfect I might like BMW motorcycles. I'm gonna a lot say more than I I that seat is factory bones. Is she over there? No, I sit on the so. monkey. I rode the There's monkey. There's not enough that really goes into motorcycles. Which, I mean, I guess there is and there yeah. isn't. But you know what, the monkey really, seat? I mean, it's yeah, such a big factor, and motorcycle riding is a really comfy seat. A good seat's really and important. So many bikes yeah. just don't really they fucking fail, man. They fail at that. Yeah, so many bikes just blow it on the seat. I rode. I think the it's monkey. though you'll, you won't pay attention to the other problems. Ten hours straight. I rode the monkey 10 hours straight. Yeah. Off only for gas. Right. 
most comfortable seat I've ever been Because in. it's a giant loaf of bread. I know, but, it, but yeah. I don't normally like cushy seats. Yeah, but that one's, it's wide too. It spreads your ass out like a, like a tractor seat. See, yeah. I always like the SL seats, like the old <coughs> SL, like 100, yeah. SL 125s. Yeah, ribbed for her pleasure. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm just saying that they were always comfortable. Very comfortable, yeah, absolutely. And then they went to yeah. the, like, the straight seats that mm-hmm. were no longer comfortable. Right. But the ones that yeah. are shaped like a teardrop mm-hmm. are yeah. very comfy. Yeah, that's, that's the least comfortable seat that I've ever experienced is my KLR 650. Oh, that's With a, a stock thing. seat on it. Yeah. It is this wide. Yeah. It is this thick. It yeah. sucks dick. Yeah. it's It sucks in every possible way it can suck. And it's just, it's there's nothing good about that seat whatsoever at all. And, and I think that's one of the techniques was to keep you from riding that bike super long distances. We're going to put a shitty seat on it. Why would they do that? Because it's only the guy who's going to admit that he's going to ride it long distances that's going to spend the money on a sergeant seat or oh, something expensive. Yeah. And by that point, he's already a fucking KLR fetishist, so he's not going to say anything bad about the bike, yeah, right? So he's cutting. He's already right. <laughs> he's yeah, already... he's already admitted the fact that he's a fucking KLR fanboy, or he wouldn't be riding it to Alaska, which means the seat insignificant, inconsequential. Uh, I, honestly, as stylish as that seat is on the monkey, on the monkey, I'm surprised it's as comfortable as it is. And oh, you let oh, me ride that bike too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and it was comfy. Yeah, and and it was comfortable when I rode around, yeah. and it felt like. Even though it felt like the the hundred and fifty dollar mini bike I had when I was like twelve, mm-hmm. yeah. But I just wish it had a little more. Like it didn't feel like it was being held back. The bike, that engine, both of them, the Super yeah. Cup and that engine, yeah. feel like the, it's feel. It feels like. But you as, said it, like what's the, asthma. what's the uh, what's the diameter of the exhaust? The the no, head, like the header pipe. Three quarters of an inch yeah. going into the cat. Yeah. Who is so it that makes a really nice... I I'm saw sure there's all kinds of good exhaust. There's it's a, really a Honda. Nice... It's uncorked, right? right? That's the rule with Hondas. Well, specifically, there's a there's an exhaust I saw on We Bike Japan Yeah. Um, that still looks good on the monkey. Yeah. That I used to uncorks like the noise. But it's so... I mean, that thing is so authentic. It even has the same maladies that the bikes had for years Now, you can uncork ago. it. you got to uncork it. But are you sure you're going to yeah. be able to drive it 1,200 miles and never have a flaw and never have a problem? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's why it's as got it nine, stands. It's got nine. Mm-hmm. nine as it stands, you can you can ride that bike into the apocalypse, right. and yeah. it's yeah. never gonna. As yeah. I decide which standalone I want to replace on the Z1, you know, <laughs> well, I we said the stock computer with on my new Z1. The engineers are way smarter than us. Yeah. That's it, and they designed it to do what right. it's designed to do, right. and it does forty-three up a, a hill and you know sixty off a cliff. And right. It doesn't matter; you can't get it to go faster. Than I'm sorry, 66. Mr. Hoffert. At what point did it stop cubbing? At what point did it stop monkeying? Yeah. Is it monkeying? Check. Keep monkeying. Is it cubbing? <laughs> Keep cubbing. That's exactly right. The Simba does the things that you describe better because nobody took the time to go like, well, we have to refine the fun out of this. We have to take and make it to the point where it truly is idiot-proof. Right. Yeah. You're riding that bike at distances where it should be, have been placed on somebody's bumper. Right. <laughs> that bike was meant to ride on the bumper of a car that went 1,200 miles and then got taken right. off the bumper yeah. and rode around and right. then went back on the bumper. Right. This is a dinghy, not a cruise ship. You're right. seeing yeah. this dinghy like a cruise ship. That's the, away, that's the away mission. That's, that's the true. shuttle. Not so, a, exactly so, Steve, right. uh, SP Takegawa makes one that looks stock. 
and is uncorked. Yeah. And it's only 250 bucks. Yeah, how loud is it? That's what I'm concerned. Oh, and they want also, to keep their dead silent. I'm assuming the one that Quiet. looks stock would be not pretty too quiet. terrible. Yeah. And then they make that that one right there, which is pretty cute. Oh, I do want to have an update. Pumps. Speaking of loud exhaust, if you have a Ducati Multistrada, a 1200cc, and you want to make it louder, the right. solution is not to just remove everything, because uh, it turns out that's a little violent. So one of the Ducati Multistradas I had, previous owner decided he wanted to be louder, because when they have the factory airbox, or they have the factory cat on them, the factory muffler, it's all kind of one piece. If I told you how much it costs, you'd shit your pants. Uh, for the factory sound mitigation system. Uh, if you take that off, one of the things that you can put on, instead of like a muffler or a bypass pipe, is actually just literally a Y pipe that goes into your little twin tip exhaust, like your outlet. So there is nothing in the path that mitigates or destroys or attenuates any sound whatsoever. Straight pipes. It's essentially just plumbing going into these tips and it looks from the exterior like it's stock because this bike only has these two little tips on the right hand side and uh, I can tell you that you can ride the bike for about four hours before you really start going full postal road rage mental and want to kill people from just the sound the sound makes you angry and uh, well, then it means I'd last like two minutes oh you wouldn't yeah it'd be awful and I did it's ride it and I, I did enjoy all the noises and then recently I sold the bike and in the process of selling it the, the new owner, um, well, yeah, I'm okay. I like a loud bike. I want a bike to be loud. And I'm like, I don't think you want it this loud. No, no, I like a loud bike. I've always had performance bike, tuned bikes, loud bikes. I, 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 you know what? I think I'm okay with it. I'm like, no, I don't think you're going to be okay with this. Mm, no, I said, let's just shut the fuck up and go outside. So we went outside, and I started the Ducati. And you know what he said? Yeah, we need, uh, we need some muffler on that. And I went, yeah. So it turns out on the Ducati forum, everybody on the Ducati Multistrada forum has taken off the OEM exhaust, which, again, if I told you what it costs, you would shit your pants. Like, to try and order that as a part number is offensive. So everybody in the Ducati Multistrada forum has taken off their factory pipes and, put them back and was all too happy to mail them to me. So when I went on the Ducati Multistrada forum and said, I have a Ducati Multistrada S, that has a bypass pipe on it and has no sound mitigation whatsoever. I need the OEM pipes. Everybody was like, I'll, I'll, I'll send them to you for shipping, whatever. I got a guy to send me from California. Everything that came off the bike, power valve controller, all the shit, everything for the price of putting it in a box. Probably like 50 bucks. Oh, uh, the shipping was about 120 bucks okay. because how they, shipping's expensive. How did they get away with not having the power valve on there? Do they use a bypass on the computer? There's a power commander. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a thing. That's what I was going to tell you. The grom is You can lot. call it, the term that is popular in the industry is the fat duck. The power yeah. valve is only helping at lower At lower RPMs. RPMs. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. And it does make the bike a lot more drivable because when you ditch the power valve, when you ditch the factory exhaust, when you put the fat duck on, the bike does tend to go like, it really doesn't like 3,800 RPM. It likes idling, and it likes 5,000 RPM, but it really hates 3,800 RPM. Soft And that's with the bypass on it. That's with the, you know, the, the cat pass or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's with that. When you put the OEM horribleness back on, both heavy and restrictive, uh, noise-wise, then the motorcycle is perfectly electric smooth all the way from idle to top speed, you know, 
whatever. And it is, it does sound like you're farting in a fucking jar. It is the least inspiring motorcycle tone ever. <laughs> and I love it compared to what it sounded like before. Thus <laughs> yeah. proving that the Ducati engineers know what they're doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's two, way, there's two ways to look at it, though. Yeah. Ducati engineers everything on the bike. Yeah. When an aftermarket exhaust company makes an aftermarket <laughs> exhaust, all they do is it's exhaust. Exhaust. That's exactly right. So do you want an exhaust from somebody who does everything? Right. Or, or exhaust just from somebody exhaust. who does just That's exhaust? That's exactly right. Yeah. And yeah, I, but everything is that pretty That all depends on who that somebody is. Exactly. Yeah. And, I've got a, and I've got another one over there. I've got another Multistrada. Like anybody should have two of the 1200 Multistradas. But the other one I have now, I have the arrow on. So I've it's ditched the cat. And it has a Y-pipe where the cat used to be, but then it has a proper arrow, a muffler, what we would all call a silencer, on there. So now we have two different versions, the OEM, as Ducati had intended, and the moderate or reasonable amount of decibels. So we had Does fucking... Does the power valve then? Too? What's that? Does no. It be... No, that's no, gone too. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. So it is really interesting to see that, that change from no fucking muffler device whatsoever which i don't care how much power it made i honestly don't give a fuck it was the doctor fucking like mr hyde to my dr jekyll like as no matter what kind of a day i was having if i got on that motorcycle and turned it on and rode it for 15 20 minutes i got angry at the fucking world because the noise it made just was too fucking loud you know and then you you know, shut your fucking mouth. It was awful. It was fucking awful. Did you uh, ever read that article that I wrote? It was like an SNS. SNS put out a video mm-hmm. where they tested two Milwaukee eight exhausts on the soft tail. Okay. So, and it's been a couple weeks, so I can't remember if it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be the water cooled head soft tail. Sure. Um, version of Milwaukee eight, and they did their exhausts right. versus. Basically, an eBay version that looks identical, but it's just straight piped. Oh, okay. And they yeah. laid the dynographs over sure, top yeah. and said, "Yeah, right. the straight pipes, yeah. the no restriction pipes, right. they make like almost one horsepower more at the top sure. end and right. less power everywhere, everywhere else, else where it really matters." We've always talked about drag pipes. Drag pipes is one of those things with that Harley in the back. We'll go, we'll go play with it when we're done here. That Harley in the back came in with drag pipes on it, and there was like a two hundred RPM window where the drag pipes were better. For everything else, including my own personal sanity and hearing the vehicle running in or near my shop, fuck those drag pipes. <coughs> and the I reason I put them on them is because drag pipes are cheap. I the same thing with the Ruckus. I put that uh, aftermarket exhaust on it. Yeah. At the top end, full throttle. Right. Gave me three miles an hour more. Right. Mid-range, sucked. Sucked, yeah. So it's what's garbage. the point? It is. It's true. And that's the magic of exhaust tuning. So it, it's you know what kind of exhaust makes really good horsepower? Yeah. It makes Stop. a whistle. It's mm. called a turbocharger. Turbocharger. That is <laughs> the best the, exhaust that's ever. That's the best exhaust. We just call that an exhaust well, was, processor. I was yes. going to tell yeah. off with, with, with exhaust processor. If you want to put it's, an exhaust on something that makes yeah. horsepower, you right. need to put a turbocharger. Yeah, because we have an exhaust processor. You know, exhausts always sound better when they've been chewed up once or twice. Yeah. It's true. It's so fucking true. And we were camping, and the, the neighbor had a you know, Ford fucking diesel, whatever. Yeah. And he just had, he fired it up, and it was idling while he was yeah. doing all of his, his like, whole world. Let me start my truck up yeah. and let it run while I pack up everything. And I normally, that would have been aggravating, except it, the, I could just li- hear the turbo yeah. whistling the whole yeah. time. We're just sitting there going, 
Right. Yeah. Just like, just just spool me just a little bit. I'm just waiting. Well, then they, well, then they, they got in it and they right. went to take off and he was like, Woo. Take I still like, hate ah. that guy. Yeah. I, I I hate him and I, I don't really like diesels yeah. at all. Yeah. I like a turbo on a gas motor. Yeah, me too. Yeah, if I can get that whistle on the gas motor without all the chattery fucking do yeah. it, that would be cool. But I spent two weeks hauling sludge with our Ford F five fifty. Yeah, the turbo diesel. Yeah, seven three. I love. No, this is a, like a, a newer six, one. A six seven. Yeah, the yeah. modern one. Yeah, I love that engine. That engine is. <laughs> They've had a lot of problems sound, with it. Though. It does not yeah. sound like yeah. a diesel. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you can hear is the PTO, like, it yeah. kind of clacks a little bit. Unlike my wife's Fiat, which sounded exactly like a diesel. Oh, really? Until the day of its early demise. The, uh, but yeah, that thing, it was a little baby gasoline engine, but it sounded like a fucking diesel from the day it was new. It's just... Uh, I was like, oh, that's, 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 that's not a happy motor. Lemon. 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 That motor is not long for this world. No, it wasn't. It was really not long for this world. Um... Yeah, it's a it's a thing. So we got scoot and shoot coming up. Anything else? Yeah. Meh. Yeah. All right, ride fast, take chances. Press the fucking button.